lock your doors, turn off the lights, and do any of that other shit you usually do when you watch a horror movie. Because now it's time for Screaming at the Screen with Nick and Sarah Jean. And now, here are your horror hosts, Nick and Sarah Jean. Hi, I'm Nick Lathan. And I'm Sarah Jean. No last name. (laughs) What's the name of this podcast? Screaming at the Screen with me, Nick. And and me, Sarah Jean. (laughs) And today, we're talking about... Malignant. Malignant. I was going to try to say it at the same time as you, but... doesn't work over the internet. We should have rehearsed that, probably. Yeah, we should have, but guess what? We don't do we do not do second takes. I don't... Unless, of course, we're doing, we're talking about Tourist Trap, in which we do 18 takes. Yeah, only for that one, because it was just such a great, great, great movie. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> what a... What a treat and a palate cleanser Malignant was compared to that. <laughs> Not that it was, we, it was okay. It was okay. Well, before we started recording, I just hit the mic. You said, and I quote. Yeah. If we had, it's like after watching this movie, I now give Tourist Trap zero stars. I give it zero out of five when compared to the the light. It is it is blinded by the light of Malignant, which I give a, a true five out of five for so many reasons. Gabriel I, is the light of our lives. Gabriel. You're the light of my life. Oh, wow. We need to get that. <laughs> we need to record that and get that, re- replace the end credits music with that. Gabriel, you're the light of my life. We'll do one of those, like, fan cams in which it's just Gabriel, like, you know, with heart, well, you know, hearts all around him and just that song's uh, playing in the background. I will take that as an action item. I will write a love song to Gabriel. I think my voice sounded really good there. I think it's the start. I think we've got a hook. Mm-hmm. And I think mm, this is going to really <laughs> take us off the charts. I have a little, uh, later on in the episode, I wrote it down, but I have a little uh, Gabriel-themed lyric change for a certain Lionel Richie song. Let, but uh, let's hear it. Well, you can't speak about it and not sing it. Sing out loud. Sing out we'll loud, speak, Louise. We'll speak about it later on when we get to that part of the movie. Okay. So... Malignant is a movie that I heard the internet was a buzz about, talking about how batshit crazy it was. And then I finally watched it, and my reaction was for the first hour and a half, I was like, "What is this shit?" And then <laughs> yep, when the last same. twenty minutes happens, I was like, "This is the best movie ever." Mm-hmm. And to which I told this to Sarah Jean, mm-hmm. and she was very skeptical. Yes, very. As I am, I'm a classic skeptic. Especially when it comes to Nick Lathan telling me to do shit. Which, I don't know why I was branded as somebody who has poor taste, because I clearly have amazing taste. You usually do come through on the taste here's, the taste here's meter. The, here's the thing with me and taste. I'll People know I have great taste. I'll tell them, you need to watch this movie, and then they won't do it. And then years later, they'll watch it and be like, oh, that movie's great. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck were you doing when I told you to watch it? Nick, you have got to let people do things in their own time. And you know I'm a classic case. It's not just you. It's not that. just you. Yeah. I think people naturally, when you tell them to do something, like 
want to do the opposite. People tell me to watch things all the time. And unless I've gotten to a point with you where I will like seriously take your recommendation because we've known each other for like 12 years now with some people, uh, like if anyone, I don't know, anyone I'm not super close to, they tell me to watch a movie. I'm like, oh yeah, go fuck yourself. I don't know why. And I'm not a like, I'm like, I'm happy someone gives me a good recommendation, but I have this urge to be like, no, I'm not going to watch it because you told me to watch it and I don't do what I'm told. So there, I have a, cu- I have a cousin who, um, has kind of iffy taste and then, uh, what is he iffy told me taste? To- Isn't everyone's taste their taste? I mean, I guess I, I, guess. I get it. Like if someone... But he told me to um, he told me to watch Abraham Lincoln uh, Vampire Hunter, and I was like, "Iffy, nah, is it funny?" He, it's not funny. That's the thing. And he told me it was good, and I was like, "I don't trust that." Like, um, like legit with a straight face was like, "No, this is like Oscar worthy." Abraham, Lincoln. not like that. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a pretty cool movie. It's you know Abraham Lincoln fighting vampires. Yeah. And I'm like, is it funny? He goes, "No." And I'm like, "Yeah, I ain't watching that." My my big sore spot is when people t- try to convince me Big Bang Theory is funny, and and I'm like, oh, that bad taste. That's a sign of bad taste to no, me. All right, stop stop calling out your dad. That's like a no. My dad, dad, my dad does not like it. My family doesn't like it. Um, I that's, oh, that's I think I think my aunt and uncle do, and I'm not judging you. And I'm so sorry, Aunt Debbie and Uncle Travis, if you're listening. If you love it, that's wow. Fine. Call that on the podcast by <laughs> name. <laughs> By name, but I just, it's so, it is not funny, and not only that, it's, like, actually, like, without the laugh track, problematic. Like, not, Penny's not painted in a, in a, like, I don't know, it's not good. It's not, it, I gotta stop. I gotta stop, I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off, oh, y'all. Man. Yeah. Well, today, we're recording this on a Sunday, and listen, I'm, I watched this movie in the right state of mind. I, uh... You know, did a bit of yard work and did, ran some errands, and I came home and threw on the movie and just sat there and watched it while drinking margaritas. You are in and, dad mode today, which I, I really feel like everybody. You need to. I'm not a dad, by the way. Uh, I just want to make that clear. And um, what from college? I'm just kidding. As you say, I had BDE, big dad, big energy. dad energy. But um, <laughs> I was gonna say, but yeah, I recommend people watch just. Malignant margaritas. That's all I gotta say. This it's time, just, it's a, as it's opposed a great to Taurus Trap, which I was violently high for watching the first time, not a good choice. I was a, a thousand percent sober, and I actually put down my phone and watched Malignant from beginning to end. I might have like checked social media a couple times. I have a really hard time with my attention span, but I fully, like, thoroughly enjoyed it so much, and so. uh Going back to your point, when you recommended it to me, I did watch it. I felt the same way you did the first time watching it. I thought, what the fuck is going on for the first 40 minutes of the film? And then the last fight scene completely, like, I fell absolutely head over heels in love with this movie. Um, I was blown, <laughs> blown away. I thought it was, like, so creative. And which is, it's so funny that, of course, I would fall in love with something like this. But that's the only way I can describe it. I was so surprised and delighted. Um... And then this time watching it, I give it a five out of five on all fronts because I I forgot about, um, like, I think in comparison to the other stuff we've been watching, which is like old, older horror movies, aside from like House, like older American horror movies, 
and women are not often treated great in these horror movies, and mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes it's problematic, sexism, misogyn misogyny, all that good stuff, uh, objectification. This is a movie, like, all about the, like, female cast, sisterhood, overcoming trauma, usually, like, female-centric issues that I didn't, I didn't even realize how, like, uh, um heavy the movie is like it talks about uh domestic abuse miscarriage yeah um, one of the lines that i wrote down is trauma like wow yeah they're like one of the lines in the movie is is madison saying i'm taking it back my mind my body everything yeah oh so yeah big time i was like as a as a woman watching this movie I fucking was like feeling it, feeling it, loving it, fell in love. And then it has everything I love. And on top of that, like on top of it just being this great, powerful story, female centric story, it has everything you want in a horror movie. It's it's like a little hokey. It's got body horror. It's got um, gr it's got blood, guts, like incredible choreography. Mm hmm. Um, as we mentioned with the final fight scene, uh, hashtag horography, horography, we're reclaiming the word whore, <laughs> horography, horrorography. Um, I, can I gush enough? I've been speaking for 20 minutes. I love it. It's, 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 it's a fucking phenomenal, like watching it the first time. I'm like, because there's parts of it in which, um, it commits, like the whole, like you know, Cinema Sin, in which you, which I hate saying Cinema Sin because I hate the YouTube channel Cinema Sins. Anyway, I've never seen it. Um, in which uh, they just explain everything. Uh, 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 uh huh. And like we we see like when when Gabriel kills the doctor, mm -hmm. we see him picking up the trophy and then killing the doctor with the trophy. Mm -hmm. And then there, and then it cuts to the detectives are like investigating the scene. They're like, "Huh? It looks like he picked up the trophy and killed her with the trophy." You're right. You're right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what I reference when I mean it's kind of hokey. It like explains yeah. itself. The the opening scene. I think when I first watched it, I I didn't like the first forty minutes because I the second time watching it, I was like, "Oh, obviously, I think this is on purpose." But it's so overacted as well. Like they're explaining things, they're showing like, and it's also. Yeah. Poorly acted, I'm, like on purpose. It seems it's it's a weird one because yeah. I mean it's 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 much like a like a throwback to like kind of like a '60s horror movie in which because it opens up on a scientific institute on the edge of a cliff. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a, <laughs> is that a reference by the way to there's a Vincent Price movie where that's the opening scene that I saw like last year I think and I it's not House on a Haunted Hill but it's um. The pendulum, the pit and the pendulum. The pit and the pendulum. Is that is yeah, that this that I thought that was like an homage there too, which was it might be. That's some that's that's a Roger Corman movie, I think. And then we open on Hospital, which obviously is like a reference to so many hor like mm -hmm. the the big dramatic hospital scene. Um, and then there's even some references that feel like a '90s horror movie a little bit. I, I can't put my finger on what they are, but it just seemed like to be... Well, 
Well, first of all, the the song "Where Is My Mind" so by the Pixies is heavily, good. heavily sampled so in the score. Good. Which, yeah, that's probably why I think '90s. It yeah. also evokes this like kind of hokey, over the topness. I love it. I lean so much into it. Eileen, um, Eileen, come on, Eileen. Um, <laughs> and I didn't. I forgot that it was "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies. Mm-hmm. Until I was doing my little IMD bit where I hit the microphone. My little IMDB fact search earlier. And We're all I, about hitting the microphone we, on this podcast, we love, everybody. We do it. Fuck, we love hitting the microphone. Fuck the mic. Fuck the mic. <laughs> I'm the star. The mic can get out of my way. We don't do mic drops. We do mic hits. But anyway. I, I love that it's where is my mind, obviously, because what is the film about? But a woman trying to reclaim her mind. And that's what we're going to talk about this and week on Screaming at the Screen with Nick and Sarah Jean. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Um, <laughs> Hi, welcome to... We're going to take the line of some today, callers. Today we'll be talking about women in horror cinema with Nick and Sarah Jean. We should host an NPR show. I... I follow them on Twitter. They're the only people Famously, I follow. The only person you follow on Twitter is Never their tweeted. only account you follow is the NPR account. Because uh, it's a smart, classic. classy look. Lord. Um, yeah, so we. I guess let's get into it. Okay. So, like I said, we open there's, on a creepy so scientific much. institute on the edge of a cliff. So excited. And then we have a doctor talking about, Dr. Weaver talking about, some shit, mm-hmm. and then like the lights flicker, and then like the alarm goes off, and she rushes, and like this whole sequence is just dope. Oh yeah, it's great! It's great. I, All these like what is it? The kind of the, what is it called? The slanted Dutch shots. angles. Dutch angle. No slanted shots. Uh, Dutch angle. Dutch. Oh, Dutch angle. I didn't hear what you said the first time. Speak up. Jesus Christ. Dutch angle. Yo, Dutch angle. They almost turned to that that kids in the hall sketch in which she's like, "Yeah, I watched this old movie last night." I told. Oh, what was it? I told you. I watched this old. I watched this old movie last night. had a Had a sled named Rosebud. It was about a newspaper man. Oh, that was Citizen Kane. No, it wasn't Citizen Kane. Anyway, and then he proceeds to explain the entire plot of Citizen Kane. He's like, "Yeah, that's Citizen Kane." No. Anyway. Told you I haven't seen it, and I won't watch it because you told me to. So there. Just kidding. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, and then like all these crazy Dutch angles. We got this red lighting, which re- looks really cool. Mm-hmm. They, we got multiple doctors being murdered. They they just everything they do, they lean into it a hundred and like twenty percent. Everything this movie <laughs> does, it gives a hundred and twenty percent. And they were like, We're gonna have a hokey ass like hospital scene and it's gonna be super dramatic. And they just took it knocked it out of the park. And I love that um I love that they keep referencing they don't give away like they may, uh, I guess, uh, explain a lot of stuff, but they keep saying Gabriel, 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 and you see the little mm-hmm. shot of the panda socks. So you're like, yeah. you know, like, is Gabriel a little, 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 little boy? Yeah, a little boy, a little girl. You know, like what's going on? I just love the uh, Gabriel is able to like the radio, like he's speaking through the radio, mm-hmm. and then the one doctor's like, he's broadcasting his thoughts. thoughts. So over dramatic. <laughs> Broadcasting his thoughts, and then they subdue Gabriel, and then Doctor Weaver famously says, "It's time we cut, cut out, out the, the cancer." cancer. My cut to the credits. 
favorite. And even the credits, even the credits split like malignant cells or whatever. Like they keep multiplying all the O's and whatever. Who did that? Whoever did the titles, much like much love. Very cool. And yeah. the the title sequence that that also reminded me of like a '90s. I don't know why. I don't know what movies I'm thinking of, but <laughs> it um yeah. I'm trying to think. My first thought, of course, is uh, Fight Club because of Pixies. Yeah, I'm thinking of X Files. I think the opener for X Files is. Yeah, I'm it does of. feel very X Files. Yeah. Yeah. All right. End of episode. Uh- <laughs> we solved it. We solved it. You're yeah, welcome. the um, yeah, that line is time to cut the cancer. The first time I watched this, I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" I literally did not know what to think or feel. You told me to watch it. A bunch of people told me to watch it. They were like, "This is right up your alley. You're gonna love it." And my people know me. I should have listened to them, but I was like, "Why would people think I like this?" And the second time I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, I like this. Like this is my movie. Of course, of course." This is my movie. This is yes. my... <laughs> oh my god. The um excuse me. The uh Yeah, I remember that it was on it premiered on in theaters of course, but it was also on HBO Max since So sad I didn't see it in a theater. God what a Warner waste. W- Yeah, cuz Warner was like we're putting all of our movies on HBO Max in 2021. Mm-hmm. And then I remember watching it and then like it's up there for 30 days. And then I just remember telling people, all right, you got till October 15th to watch this movie. Like, get, it, it's, it, it's, get on it. And, like, one friend, she actually watched it the last day and then was just like, the movie was amazing. I'm like, why'd you wait so long? Waited too long. If you need someone to make you watch a movie and get it done, Nick's your, Nick's your dude, y'all. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Sarah, have you uh, have you finished reading uh, My Best oh, Friend's Exorcism? No, don't bring this up. Do not. I let Sarah borrow this book in June of 2020, and she still has not finished it. She texted me one time and said, I started the book, but that was, I don't know when that was. That was several months ago. I read two, three chapters, and then I started on yet another self-help book that took precedence over the fiction uh, for a moment. This book will help you... Exercise my demons? Yes. I mean... Probably it started. I loved it so far, but I I've got six. I've got fucking six books on my nightstand right now, and I was in the habit of reading a chapter of whatever I wanted to a night. I was really good about it for a while, mm-hmm. and then now I'm in this dumb dumb habit of getting on my phone at night and scrolling. Well, listen, scrolling. you need to be like you need to be like Sister Act two and get back in the habit. Okay, <laughs> classic Sister Act two reference. Keep. <laughs> them coming everybody was like everybody was kind of halfway listening to the episode but then i made that sister act two reference everybody's like you got my attention now yeah yeah everyone all we're all ears now yeah i I was i I was halfway doing the podcast i'll be honest with you hated the podcast before despised it um all right so after the credits we get yeah we, we cut to our hero madison coming home because she's sick and we find out she's pregnant. She's and she's had multiple miscarriages. Pregnant, yeah, which whoa, 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 whoa. I forgot after the first time of watching it. And this is a strange it it is a strange and a little bit difficult moment in the movie for me because the movie reads so funny and hokey to start. And it immediately like I know of course I eventually love it because her arc is so great, but it's like mm-hmm. it's hard to chew on a little bit. Uh it's it's very heavy. It's very heavy mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's got an abusive husband who I keep calling piece of shit or POS for short. Yeah, big piece and, of shit. Uh, real piece of shit energy. <laughs> Posse. P-O-S-E. Real piece of shit energy. Um, pose. He's a poser. <laughs> he is. What is the line that her sister says, which I love? She's like, no, uh, I guess there's a spoiler, whatever. She's like, no one deserves to die that way. But he was, but fuck him, I think. Yeah, something like Something like that. Ugh, but yeah, he what like she's has a headache or whatever, and then like there's an argument because he's an alcoholic and blah blah. He, I'm like, so he's unemployed. Um, stop drinking and getting angry, men in general. <laughs> Let's just stop it. It's played out. I'm over it. I'm over it. She's pregnant. She comes home. He's watching sports. He's like, get out of the way. And he's drinking and he's ang- He's so angry. He's so mad. Well, here's th- that's one of the reasons Stop why it. I feel so hokey is that he's like a stereotypical like. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like abusive husband. He's like watching, you know, he's like doesn't want his pregnant wife to get in his way. He's drinking. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's very, again, it's, it's over the top and it's, that's what's hard about my, my brain dealing with the, like that couple of scenes which it doesn't last that long before obviously the movie then takes off but it's like it's it's still hokey and kind of funny but obviously it like the bottom drops out when he actually pushes her um you know like it's not um it escalates so quick he's like being an asshole watching tv or whatever but then he like goes off on her about it's her fault that she's been having these miscarriages and actually pushes her against a wall which is which that you can actually Ooh. hear the bone crack when she hits the wall. Yeah, it is not like they they don't they're not forgiving in that scene. They like mm-hmm. make it they set it up so the way he does die you're like okay, yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bravo, bravo, glad he's dead. Uh, uh, from that, you know, obviously from that moment, I remember watching it for the first time. My jaw just dropped. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I could not believe they showed it. And then he died. And I went from like the bottom to like a level 10 of excitement at his death, which is, <laughs> I do not condone death in real life, y'all. I swear our guns are violence. In horror movies, though, you know, I, I think if... If you push a pregnant wa- your pregnant wife, I think yeah, yeah, you probably Gabriel should come kill you, you know. Yeah, his um <laughs> his death scene so is so cool. Yeah, like her head's you know skull cracks, head's bleeding, which activates her out. D- yeah. I, I'm assuming that's what activates Gabriel. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel, you've been activated. You've been- <laughs> Gabriel, activate. <laughs> Gabriel, active. It's like he's a robot, just a killing robot. That's he kind of is. It's killing. But yeah, I love. I love the little mystery of the the you know, the husband's asleep on the couch, and then he hears the blender going off and goes to investigate. Blender's oh, off. So fridge good. opens. So good. And then like he goes in there, and there's a person sitting on his couch watching TV. So, like first kind of jump scare of the film, and I was, and I that's when I was like, oh yeah, buckle up, bitch, you about to die. <laughs> In a nice way. I said it in a nice way. No, we I, need to put that I on a shirt. Die. Buckle up, bitch. You're about Buckle to die. Buckle up, uh-uh. bitch. You're about to die. Uh, and then he turns the light on, and, the, and then the, the person watching the TV's gone. Yeah. And then he starts walking through, and then the lights go out again. And all of a sudden, Gabriel, you know, figure pops up behind him, and we cut back to, you know, hard cut to Maddie, like, in bed, waking up, and then... Mm. 
Which this does, part does her world start to disappear at that point? I can't remember. Like start to. No, it just cuts to okay. Like yeah, she's you waking up. You don't get that like reveal. And there's yet. like there's like blood on her pillow because obviously God. she. Okay, every time she wakes up with blood on her pillow, you're like, did she... At this point, since you don't know the twist, you're watching it go, like, going, um, does she not... She's a nurse, obviously. Like, does she not know shit about bandages? Like, well, I didn't even think about that. I just remember watching it the first time and being like, oh, like, again, the blood on the pillow, I wasn't thinking about Gabriel at this point, and I was just uh-huh. like... What a piece of shit. Like, that's all I could think about. I was, like, overcome with just rage and anger at her husband. Like, for a solid... The first 15 minutes of the film, like, what is going on? This is horrible. I, of course, was uh, thinking of Massive Head Wound Harry from Saturday Night Live. That Dana Carvey character. I don't know if you remember that I sketch. do not... I, I should, because I've seen all of that, but I don't remember. The, the basic premise of the sketch is... Uh, <laughs> It's Kevin Nealon, and I want to say is J- Jan Hooks. They're like hosting a dinner party, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, did you invite Harry?" He goes, yeah, "Like you didn't invite Harry, did you?" They're like, "Oh no, you invited Harry." And then Dana Carvey walks through, and he has a massive like his head's open, like his you can see his brain and like he's like bleeding, and he's like it's like a little theme song, "Massive Head Wound Harry." But basically, like, it's just the whole premise of the sketch is Dana Carvey putting his head wound. He puts it in the chip bowl. He's doing all kinds of like, he's just, everybody's just disgusted by him. And then, like, Talk at one point, he's like, horror comedy. Yeah, at one point, he's, he lays down on the couch. He's like, oh, I'm feeling kind of tired. I think I'm going to have a, a quick little nap. And he lays down and gets blood all over the pillow oh, on the couch. Oh, God. And then they're like, do something. Get him out of here. And then it cuts to it. <laughs> That's it cuts weird. to their dog, a golden retriever, is like licking the wound, and like the the dog actually starts biting off the prosthetic on <laughs> Dana Carvey's head, and then Dana Carvey's like holding the prosthetic like onto his head. He's like, "Oh, I think your dog likes me." I'm gonna, I anyway, am gonna have to go back and watch that. That sounds hilarious. Look up, look up, I, massive head. That had Harry. to be that had to be one of the things where. I just imagine Dana or someone else in the writer's room had to have gone to a party where someone came like with a massive energy, uh, injury when they shouldn't have or something. Well, and then apparently they wrote like, that sketch. I don't I think I don't know if Dana referenced this Dana like a fucking know him. Dana Carver. Oh, we're best friends. Like, he listens to this all the time. We just oh, yeah, texted yeah, yeah, yeah. about it. I was sending him TikToks last night. Oh yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I actually am gonna do three live episodes of their podcast, him and David Spade's podcast, coming up. Nice. Uh, what was I gonna say? Very cool. But they, t- he talked about how John Lovitz used to pitch like characters and like catchphrases and whatnot. And then, um, and then Dana Carvey would do the same thing, but just pitch the most like awful characters, yeah, and catchphrases. And then the writers would love those catchphrases and characters. Like, he did it to make fun of Lovitz, basically. Oh, my God. And then, and then he succeeded. Yeah. It's like, just failing up. Easy. Yeah, basically. Like, he, he was like, country. you know, he's like, I'm gonna go. Like, there's a character in which he's like, I'm gonna gonna go. And then Nord Dunn's like, and I'm gonna go with him. Like, they were, do- like, that, stupid catchphrases. That, that actually makes sense, thinking about what Dana Carvey did do on Saturday Live. All those <laughs> Everything he did was like absolutely wacky, you know, like yeah. totally and fab and fabulous. But Dana, yeah, I if love you're listening. Uh, we love you. We do love you. Yeah, look up I, massive head wound, Harry. That's a it's a fun sketch. Uh, 
All right, back to the movie. So, Not, yeah. Uh, where are we at? Oh, yeah, this is the part of which I noticed she's like going, creeping downstairs. And I did not realize how big. It's like, I just wrote down big ass gothic house with stained glass window. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super, super classic scary movie house. Too big. <laughs> always too big. Too many places for evil spirits and killers to hide. Gotta be. There's um, James Wan directed um, another movie. I think it's Insidious Chapter 2. I don't know if he directed that one, but I know he directed the first one, obviously. But Insidious Chapter 2, they go to... um, They go to a character's mom's house, and she has this big stained glass window. So maybe James Wan just loves, you know, big-ass stained Stained glass glass. windows. I think there's something uh, inherently terrifying about stained glass glass because in my mind I uh, associate it with religion which is terrifying so I, I, <laughs> I yeah I remember um, when I was a when I was in fourth grade we stayed at this uh, I went to a private school and like this town had still had plantation houses mm-hmm. in the town and there was one right across the street 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 from the school school street school street gotcha mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Anyway, and the kid who lived in that house was in my class, and he had, like, a sleepover one weekend for his birthday. And I just remember, we stayed in that house, and it was just... I, like, opened the door, and there was just a red stained glass window, so the entire room was red because the sun was shining through. And I was like, this is a creepy-ass room. And then, like, it was just scary as hell, like, as a fourth grader. And it was like, close the door. Anyway. No, thank you. That sleepover was not that great. I give that sleepover a zero out of five for sleepovers. We should that just the, we should just rate sleepovers from now on in this podcast. That was the tourist trap of sleepovers. Uh, the, yeah, the tourist trap of sleepovers. No, we're, we're bringing it around. We're making, we're making it make sense. We're making it make yeah, sense. She, she goes downstairs and finds that uh, old, uh, the old poser piece of shit husband. His name his, is Derek. She, but his head is dick for short. <laughs> classic, classic dick for short. Um, but his head is like snap, like, like ninety degrees, and his like bone is sticking up. It looks, it looks gnarly as hell. It man. is gnarly as hell, and I don't. Again, this is. But I wrote down like this is in my notes. I just wrote I cackled at Derek's death. <laughs> I cackle at your death. I cackled at it. I uh, I yelled out loud at the screen. It's a moment where I wish I was in a live theater. I really hope. Uh, again, Music Box, if you're listening, um, I really want Music Box to play it so I can go see it with that crowd. It'd be so yeah. There's so, so great. There's like a lot of movies that during the pandemic just needs to do a redo, like in the theater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yes. Yes. Malignant is definitely one of them. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten, everybody. Ten out of ten. Tourist trap. It, Tourist trap. Zero out of five. five. And before malignant, ten out of ten. Before I said five out of five, now I'm saying ten out of ten for malignant. I'm saying negative five out of zero for. Jesus, <laughs> Tourist trap. Sorry. I, I kid, Tourist trap. You ain't that bad, but I'm malignant. I'm a malignant. Why do you say that about me, pretty girl? 
See, now when you say it, it's just like, compared to Malignant, I'm viewing things in a whole new light. I'm like, Cole Slauson, you dirty-ass creep. Don't want nothing to do with you. <laughs> so at this point, she's uh, sees the killer coming at her, and then she runs away. Which, and then she like barricades herself in the door, and then the door falls off the hinges, and she falls on the ground, gets knocked out cold. Scary, scary. And I love that... Um, Gabriel in the beginning looks more like a shadow, like a shadow mm-hmm. self, I guess, as it were. Like, uh, and, and before he fully realizes, it's kind of just like a former, like just maybe the memory of Gabriel, and then he enters her mind, yeah. you know, officially, which is very cool to me. Enter your mind. Enter your mind. <laughs> this summer, li- <laughs> enter, enter the mind of a killer. Really liking Mother. our, really liking our deep podcast voices. Bro. <laughs> we should just uh we should just podcast like this the rest of the Yeah bro, so like uh <laughs> love scary movies, big scary movie expert. Uh I'm not a real big fan of the one <laughs> yeah. There is I- I'm actually just scared of all horror movies. <laughs> I'm uh I'm a little <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm taking this. I don't either. Um, and, then, and then we got the, and then we got the cop showing up, and then and they sit there and explain everything that just happened. Yeah, cops. I just love the I, cops just show up and explain to the audience everything that just happened. Again, this like, I, I'm I'm always <laughs> conscious of like this kind of like this pressure in a horror movie where kind of like you get this release of pressure when there's like a big jump or a kill or something, and then like it builds. With this, it's like there's this ho- hokey opening. Such a, like, freaking uh, heavy kind of scene. You get the kill scene of the husband. He's dead. We're done with him. Bye, Derek. And then the police come back in. It's, like, so hokey again. So, so hokey again. Yeah, yeah, they they show up and, (laughs) you know. She goes, 4 a.m. It's not even, it's not even morning yet. Or the night hasn't even ended yet. No, it hadn't even ended yet. And it's like creepy and foggy and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Like, this, to the this extreme. movie has a great, it's just has a great aesthetic because mm-hmm. it's in Seattle. So it's like raining all the time, mm-hmm. it's foggy all the time. And it just like, I get everything costumes, design, the way it's shot, the story that yeah. it's all 120%. It's all. It's something I really noticed, like, um, Especially with like modern studio horror, and also because people making this stuff now just are better at it, I guess. Yeah. But watching movies like Tourist Trap and Friday the Thirteenth, they have like it's just the camera is just real wide a lot. Yeah. Uh huh. And like and, most, and and like a lot of modern. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of modern horror movies are like not afraid to get real close and like you know. Or like, anyway, it's just funny have, how how the medium has evolved. Yeah, over have the fun. Decades. Like I think as movie, obviously, like the as the history of movies has aged. I don't. What am I talking about? But so um, cinema has aged. Uh, cinema has over the aged. Years. We've learned to expand and grow alongside it, and uh, we both become Carl Sagan talking about cinema and the art of film. Use the lens to our advantage, and <laughs> I do not have a an impression of him. But you have I, a Carl Sagan impression? N- no. That's it. <laughs> no. Say, say billions and billions. Billions and billions. 
Jones. There you go. Did That's I do it? Close enough. I just think um, when any movie uses, uh, again, I, it's because my dance pa- background. I compare everything to choreography, but people kind of choreograph. We know you gotta. We know you gotta. I don't. I don't want to brag, y'all, but I'm a balladamrina. Okay, so I'm gonna brag about it. Okay, sorry about it. Uh, okay. When we, when we moved to Chicago, Sarah uh, was telling everybody, <laughs> "I'm taking adult ballet classes." And then we said, "You mean ballet classes?" And she and we asked her, "Why did she say adult ballet?" And then she told us it was because she didn't want to uh, people to think that she was taking ballet with children. <laughs> well, I didn't. I grew I grew up taking child ballet classes, and when I Got back into it after my time away. They they were adult. I was a full grown adult. They were adult ballet classes, and um, and I don't want to brag, but I killed it. I nailed every single adult ballet class I took. Um, That's very good. All of this to say, I love when people use the camera creatively and in new ways and like in just fun. Yeah, just fun creative ways. So people to this day still sometimes don't do that when I watch movies, and I'm like. Why? Like, utilize every single type of um, medium you have, you know? Same with costume and set and acting and everything. So you're saying that people should definitely use production design, which is... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many short films I've watched in which people, like, don't think to hire a production designer because it's just like, oh, you shot this in your your house. Yeah. Um, you, You add it and, like... I watched one short that was, like... The props in it didn't really like the house was like very clean, yeah. And the only props they had were the props they needed in the script, yeah. And which, like, you know, most houses have example, other stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like an example, like, houses. like uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, Egon's farmhouse, Nick, Nick Latham with another hyper specific example, we love to see it. But if you go through that movie, you see a, a shitload of detail in Egon's house. Yeah. Like he has, I love like, that. Love a that person shit. lived there. You know what I mean? Yeah, things like Mad Men or Stranger Things or I think a TV shows like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of detail. Oh. Yeah. Um, and and I get it. Like I'd rather people create, even though if they if they don't have the means, you know, to have those kinds of luxuries and things. But when a movie is done and everything, again, I'll keep saying one hundred twenty percent. When everyone works as a team and everyone is on top of their shit, it is a just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And as a love us consumer, love us some one hundred twenty percent cinema. I That's eat like, it, um, eat it up as a consumer, and I feel full. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's like. Uh, <laughs> Some I ran into a lot in Chicago is people like, oh, we want to make this sketch. And then, like, we want to film this sketch. And they you're like, you're don't gonna, make it. You're going to reference they don't me. Make it, they don't make it cinematic. Yeah, you're referencing which, me. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's, 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 a lot of people just think like, oh, I really want to film this sketch. But in Chicago, of course, you got stages. Mm. And you ask the question, well... What makes this a film sketch yeah, and not a stage sketch? Stage, uh-huh. Which, with doing comedy now in Chicago, like, or doing comedy now anywhere, it, the lines are so blurred because everyone is also producing stuff on, like, sh- like if they're not doing film or TV, they're doing shorter, like, TikTok, Instagram videos, whatever. And mm-hmm. um, so I think, like... It kind of gets blurred, right? And, I, and I'm no expert. I, I definitely am, like, I don't know if I can put my finger on what's what 
is good in theater versus film, but it, but it, when someone like, when we talk about it, it's like very apparent uh, sometimes as to like, oh, well, this doesn't, I know we had this conversation about something we wrote together where you were like, well, what makes this a, you know, why can't we just do this on stage or this can't be done on stage. This has, this has to be done on film for this reason, you know? Yeah. You know. If you're, if you're going to do something, do it for a reason. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Which I... <laughs> like, thousand, make it worth the make it a, worth the trip. A thousand percent in anything even beyond comedy and, and entertainment. <laughs> a thousand percent anything <laughs> and beyond comedy. If you're going to do something, do it for a reason. This is... Do it. Carl Sagan. This is Carl Sagan telling you... About how to run your sketch show at Second City. Sarah Jean has a Carl Sagan impression now. <laughs> I honestly, I think if Her, you combed your hair the right way and, one, and then popped on a turtleneck, I think you could do Carl Sagan on stage. Her one impression. I will work on it, and I'll hold. I'll hold myself to that. <laughs> my one of my favorite. Uh, I need Carl more Sagan. impressions. I have none. Yeah. I have absolutely none that I do well. There's. There's a meme that I saw online. It's it's from like it's from a clip. Or, it's like a screenshot from Cosmos in which it's Carl Sagan go. Jupiter was a star that failed, and then the next panel is just a picture of Jupiter, and Jupiter saying, "Why you got to bring up old shit?" <laughs> God, I love memes. Another another medium where you should go 120 percent or go home. Add that to Sarah Jean's Wikipedia. <laughs> if you're going to create Jean, a meme, give me 120% or go fucking and, home. It's like uh, like personal life. And then it just says, Sarah Jean loves memes. I do. I That's tell you what. I, I will go off. I've had like legitimate, no, no satire at all. I have had a legitimate conversation with people about how I do believe like memes have shaped the way we do comedy and how much I love them as a form of One, comedy. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100, yeah. 120%. There's, there's a dissertation to be written there, and I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure there are thousands or billions at this point about, like, how... Billions me- of dissertations how- written about memes on the internet. Memes. Carl Sagan talking to you about meme culture. The memes of our lives. <laughs> I recently participated in the Morbius <laughs> memes. I love saying it's Morbin time. Memes. By the time this episode comes out, I think the Morbius is... Uh, we're, as we're recording... The weekend, um, Sony Pictures got memed so hard that they thought that uh, Morbius was going to do well at the box office. They re-released it, um, and then it opened to eighty-five thousand dollars. And then, uh, so that I heard it was, was a plan that failed. I heard it was bad. Yeah, I heard it was real bad. I so I didn't see it. Obviously, I barely go see good movies in the theater. Paying you for it. I, ba- I barely look anyway. I barely, I barely, I barely open my eyes anymore. All right, should we get back to the movie? I think so. No. We're 42 minutes Oh, in. God. Oh, we got so much ground to cover. What are we doing? This might be a three-hour-long episode, oh, which I'm okay with. Girl, no, uh, so, not, not even my mom's going to listen to that. <laughs> something I wrote down is uh, how cinematic everybody's names are. Like, uh, Shaw shows up. He's like, I'm Detective Kikoa Shaw. Oh, yeah. And then... Sydney, her uh, Madison's little sister is like, my name is Sydney Lake. Sydney Lake. And then you got Madison Mitchell, and then the other detective is Detective Regina Moss. They're all fun they, to say. Like they're they yeah. they're like have this uh uh good sounds like uh, mm-hmm. what is the there's certain words for letters that um is like a sp- explosive explosive or something. There's certain words for letters. 
<laughs> Did I just say that? I, you know what? Just bury me. Bury me Sarah in the Jean, ground alive, y'all. Sarah Jean was sober watching this movie, but she's high as shit doing this episode. <laughs> I'm high on this uh, freaking espresso I've got next to me. Good Lord, do not let me do this next time. So the next, but, what, the next thing well, that happens is she loses another baby. Yeah, it's uh, Sydney's talking to her, and then it's revealed that she lost the baby, mm. which is and I just, very unfortunate. Yeah, I just wrote, Jesus, this is um, heavy. Yeah, she, Madison wakes up at the hospital. Yeah, she had a miscarriage, and that's when Detective Shock shows up and introduces himself. And then you know that's what made me write down. And, the, I, and then we got, and then we got, uh, yeah, Shaw and Moss are talking about like it's like yeah, the the victim, you know, the killer is as if he was uh, you know backwards, he was hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. and then he's like there was no footprints on the ceiling, and to which I wrote, oh what a feeling, no footprints, footprints on, on the, the ceiling. ceiling. <laughs> My next notes were just like, my next notes were as follows. Aw, I love my sister. I love you, Katie. And, um, because their their relationship is so sweet. And then I wrote. Weirdly, weirdly, I kept thinking about you and your sister this entire movie. I, um, like, (laughs) I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff about this movie that hits home. And I, me and my sister are like. Super close and are becoming very, very close. And, and, um, and it, yeah, it just like, it hit me. And I was just like, oh, I love, like, I need to text her. I need to call her. I love her so much. The younger sister is an actor, but the younger sister also is taking care of the older sister. My sister's younger than I am. And she's like taking care of me a lot, especially recently. And, um, then I could also, uh, relate to the, I think I also wrote down, oh, same girl. I'm not booking as an actor either. Um, well, you, and you used to work at a like a princess, a, a princess party company. So I'm I'm like a blend of the older and younger sister, but and and then I think Katie is kind of a blend of both too. You know, um, and also you have a parasite sticking out of the back of your head. I do. We haven't talked about, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's giving me migraines. I'm over it. Thank God we shoved it back in there. Mine is called this- Fabriel. And I hate him. Fabro, of course, is a is a male model, famous for being on romance. He is, and he won't get out of my head, and I'm tired of it. I don't know whether we're in love, whether we're not. It's so confusing. Fabriel, I want I I, I, uh, I won't do it, obviously, because I, I I'm not going to put this much time into it. But somebody please uh, Photoshop Gabriel's face onto Fabio's body. <laughs> you said- <laughs> You sent me that meme that cracked my ass up earlier about it was a shot of Gabriel and what the woman above was just like, but I love him. (laughs) It was Holly Hunter from Raising Arizona saying, I love him so much. And and the the guy she loves, Gabriel. So I made that meme. In that that scene, she's talking about a baby. Did you you really make it? Yeah. Great meme material. I put 120% into it. That is an example of 120% meme material. So to explain this, Sarah Jean, during that scene of Raising Arizona, they have recently kidnapped a baby. That's the whole plot of the movie. I in which in, And Holly Hunter has fallen in love with the baby, and she says, I love him so much. So in that scenario, she is referring to Gabriel as her son, that she loves oh, Gabriel's Gabriel so much. baby. I was yes. thinking of, like, there's all these memes out there of, like, uh... 
of uh, like, um, but I love him. And, and it's like, and this is the guy she's talking about. And it's like a shriveled up Cheeto or something. I don't know. Not a shriveled up Cheeto. Something else. Like some just like little, uh, like a little gremlin or like a little Ewok or something. And it's just like the guy she's talking about. Jesus. <laughs> about women falling for bad folks for him, you know. Truth and comedy. Um, <laughs> truth and comedy. I O Chicago. I- so it, <laughs> and it, yeah, at this point, um, it's revealed that uh, piece of shit Derek was, you know, abusive towards her, mm-hmm. and then she got he got killed, and then Ma says, "So we definitely have motive." So she's thinking that it's Madison that killed him, mm-hmm. killed him. Think she's crazy. And then this is weird because. Uh, at this point, like, yeah, Madison gets back home. Like, Sydney takes her home. And then Madison's, or Sydney's like, oh, yeah, you need to leave. And then Madison's like, no, this is my home. I'm going to defend it. And then she proceeds to, it's basically like Home Alone. And when she says, this is my home, I'm going to, you know. It makes sense because I do think the home is a metaphor for, like, her mind. Or a larger metaphor for it, I guess. But Jesus Christ. You know, if you want to get... <laughs> I'm, I'm getting, I am being a dick this episode. I am, I am, <laughs> I am trying to be way smarter than I am in this episode. And so I, you got BD, big dick energy, and I got big dad yeah, energy. I brought BD to the episode. You bought, brought BD. It's just yours was big dad. Mine was big dick. <laughs> Classic. Uh, what do we got? Uh, so yeah, Madison, Madison goes home and then like, this part's cool. Because she, like, looks out the window and sees a figure in the darkness oh, yeah. when the lights go mm-hmm. out. And she just sees a figure, doesn't know what it is. And then the lights turn on, the figure's gone. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to close up shop, like, lock all the doors and everything. And there's that cool shot where she looks through the, the eye hole in the door and the camera goes through the eye hole to outside. Oh, I, I didn't even track that for whatever reason. That is a great yeah. shot. And then we got shots of her going through the house, and it's like a top-down view. Yeah, I, like I did take a note of that. Again, just so fun. It just shows like how big the house is, and yeah, little be, little be creative with your camera angles. That's what we're saying. Little, James Wan directed the shit ooh. out of this movie, and that is a compliment. It's like a little rat in the maze. It's like showing her like she's trapped in her own mind. Ooh, ooh, yeah. creative. Very this good. movie's got layers. We got lay. This movie is a ten out of ten onion, baby. 10 oh, out of 10. Big ol' onion. Rotten tomatoes? No, no more like sweet onion. Yeah, t- 10 out of 10. We say sweet onion because it ain't a stinky onion. If it was bad, it would be a st- It would be a movie with layers. <laughs> that was bad, it would be a stinky onion. This was a sweet, sweet vi- Vidalia. Vidalia onion. Vidalia onion. Carl Sagan promoting onions. But, oh. Um, People are gonna listen to this and go too much Carl Sagan. Couldn't listen. To it's too much, too Sagan, much Sagan, man. You lost or me. they could seek out Cosmos. Uh, they could Cosmos. either read the book or watch the miniseries. Might be inspired. So this is when Madison boards up the house and puts new locks and everything. And cut to uh, which was totally threw me off, but it makes sense in the end. The underground tour of Seattle. No, we need to talk about something else that happens right before that. What? What did I miss? Because uh, Madison shows up. She, she's checking in on, or excuse me, Sydney shows up because she's checking in on Madison and discovers all the doors are locked. She like goes to the window and has to get through the window. And then like, he's like, oh yeah, mom made us, made you a casserole and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then. Which by the way, her crawling through the window is another example of her not being let into the house. Ooh. 
you know, like her yeah. her sister, like not letting her in, you know. Mm. <laughs> Damn, this movie's got layers. It's onion, sweet, sweet onion. So, yeah, Sydney and Madison have this conversation, and then at one point, Madison says, "Your mom," and then Sydney's like, "What?" And then she goes, "She's like, I was adopted by your mom when I was eight, Sydney." I'm adopted. And then it cues uh, the first yeah. cue of where is my mind? Oh, it's so, it's so good. It's, and it's so dramatic. And I, yeah, I like am head banging as it's playing. So <laughs> I just love it. I want to download like that soundtrack just so I can listen to that when I just to that just to that <laughs> just, sting just as I get ready to kill my abusive husband I just I don't know amp you up to go commit murder you know oh man and yeah and then at this point this is when we cut to and like there's like you know as the song's playing we show scenes of like you know arrow shots of Seattle and then this is when we cut to this the underground tour yes. Which is is Which, like a real thing in Seattle and is very cool. Well, I've never been, yeah. but I've heard it is cool. Um, have you ever been to an underground tour of like an old city? I where did I go that I think I went I was, on? I thought one. you were about to ask, "Where is my mind?" Where's my mind? Where is my mind? Um, maybe. Maybe New Orleans, but I think I'm just thinking of a, like a ghost tour I did there. I I might have not done an underground city tour. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think I, did, I think I'm thinking of the ghost tours I did in New Orleans and Chicago. I think that's oh. it. God, that should, in a future episode, uh, we're gonna have. Uh, I've already discussed this. You don't know what movie it's gonna be, but in the future, we're gonna have Rip Camelucci on. Oh fuck yeah! I, I met and with I, him the other day. He was asking how it was going. He was mad we didn't name drop him on the first episode because we talked about Buffett so long. And he was like, "What the <laughs> hell, man?" And I said, "Well, we referenced you on the last episode, so look out for that, or like an episode back or something." And he goes, "Okay." So I'm I'm excited he'll be joining us for sure. We love you, Richie baby. But uh, we'll we'll be sure to talk about our Chicago ghost tour that we went mm. on when he was mm-hmm. because he was because he was there for that. But yeah, I went on an underground tour in Edinburgh whenever I was a teenager, and oh, that was cool. just the concept of somebody building a city on top of another, you know, like the old, you know, the, of the old city. But this one we went on, it was. There was like a part you got to, and there was like a bunch of dolls everywhere. Uh-huh. And that was because somebody saw like a ghost child there, and then people just started bringing dolls for this ghost so the child. Ghost child? Aw, that's yeah. like super haunted and sweet. <laughs> Aw, oh, ghost Aww. child. That's, that's, by the way, I think you should make a baking cookbook called Haunted and Sweet. Haunted and Sweet. Right. Haunted and Sweet. Look at this. Aww. Write that down. <laughs> haunted and sweet but yeah this whole seattle underground thing is pretty cool because she's like first of all it's like who the fuck is this lady yeah you don't know and you don't really know until the end which i love i love that they yeah. made that choice they do not they explain everything but they explain that not at all not at all i yeah i love that that we're never that's well because it's not the detectives explain because the detectives don't know so yeah. they don't have to explain it exactly so they, they don't <laughs> So that's like the, you know, everything else that's going on until, well, which I love because it keeps your focus on like, who is she? What is this? And you find out Mm -hmm. in the end, like that's kind of the most important part of the story because where did all the, 
where did the trauma start but with the mom you know like all the all the stuff so that's very very cool yeah but this is cool because like at this point we're we as the audience are led to believe that the killer only attacks in darkness yeah yeah i get like at night like at night yeah yeah and so like she's walking through the dark and then yeah, gabriel only lives in the well but I guess you figure out that's not the case. Or, well, he, like... Yeah, but... But, yeah, she's, like, running through the dark, like, trying to run to this, like, spotlight. And, like, she finally turns it on. Such a... Again, such a great... And then Gabriel... And then, like, nobody's there. And then she looks up, and he's in the rafter. So, it's like, yeah, he doesn't... He's just... He just moved out of the way. Like, he doesn't have to be in darkness. So, um... Interesting. Not just in the darkness, but in the light. Uh... I just think this is one of like the scariest locations you could pick for any scene to. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. I like was watching it again alone, and it was the daytime too, and I was and I was like on the edge waiting for him to appear because I couldn't remember when or if he did. Um, mm-hmm. Very the whole light to dark, lights on, lights off thing freaks me the fuck out, and I love it. It's so good. it's good. And then, yeah, we cut to her. She's, like, tied up somewhere. We don't know where. Another great yeah. reveal we'll get into later. But, like, my then, favorite, one of my favorites of all time. And then what happens? That's right. Q, where is my mind? We just need to record your, yeah, keep, we need to... We got an album you, after this, baby. We're just going to do acapella you of doing Where Is My Mind got, by Pixies. Um, we've got, yeah, we've got this song. We've got my little ode to Gabriel that I did earlier. We got my Carl Sagan impression. I'm going to have a comedy, musical comedy album. I think what about. we're going to do is make an album called Malignant Margaritas. And it's just you on the cover drinking a margarita. And then, and then, but like you, you got your head turned and the back of your head's Gabriel. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Th- this is when we see him suit up because he's, uh, you know, he's putting on the coat and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then he's talking to <laughs> underground lady awesome. through the radio, and then this is when we find out as a viewer, it's Gabriel. I love Gabriel's wardrobe too. Yeah, again, a '90s feel for me, just because I it it looks like kids from Hot Topic in the '90s, like with the, he's got his. <laughs> He got it. He's got his long, wet black hair. He's got his like black leather jacket and gloves, and kind of like long black pants. And um, so he, yeah. So we're saying that Gabriel definitely shops at Hot Topic. Gabriel got all his clothes from the Hot Topic and like nowhere yeah. else. That that is where Gabriel shops. I don't. I, I'm just thinking of how different this movie would be if Gabriel was just running around wearing an Invader Zim hoodie. <laughs> Oh my god, he's just got like a slipknot shirt underneath it. <laughs> classic Gabriel, classic hot topic. He goes to places, he pull out, it pulls out his wallet. He's like, wait one second, it's attached to a giant chain with spikes all <laughs> a over chain it. Wallet. Mm-hmm. Do you think Gabriel went to Warp Tour? Oh, Gabriel, that thousand percent. He was front row at Warp Tour like every year. Every year. <laughs> Gabriel, Gabriel went to Warp Tour. There is no doubt. Gabriel is like a good Charlotte stan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
and I, like, God, I'm like trying to think of any other bands I can reference because I, I wanted to be a goth, but I wasn't a goth. I didn't have enough confidence <laughs> to be a goth. Or a cheerleader. Like, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I wanted to be anything, but I, I was too, like, uh, t- terrified, so I just wore... What did so I you instead, you were a theater kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, theater kid, that's it. That, that's cool. And yeah, it was. Yeah, that's the ticket. And it was and it is. Still a theater kid. Still. I was going to say, and I'm a goth, and I'm over here dressed like a, a fucking sailor wearing um, a blue and blue and white striped shirt. For a while, my, like, just just because I'm lazy, it's, like, not gothness at all. It's laziness. I Black matches black and, like, gray matches black. So my entire wardrobe was just gray and black, especially in Chicago when, like, half the year, more than half the year, it's cold, so you're all bundled up. And I realized recently that, like, that ain't me. Like, I love I love colorful shit. So, that's... Hey, that ain't that me. Ain't I me. love color. I'm not a goth. I'm not a goth. I'm not going to be a goth, but I love goths. And that's and that's when Sarah Jean realized she was not a gothic person. I'm not. But was a colorful one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we now go to the we now go to the cosmic calendar. Uh, what are we at now? Yeah, he calls up Doctor Weaver at home, and she's very confused as to what happens. She don't. Know. And then like, she don't know. Yeah, she don't know. And we're like, who the... Like, oh, is this that lady from the beginning, but older? Yeah, we think. And then it's like, you see her face more, and you're like, yeah, it is. And we have... uh, Yeah, Madison's doing laundry. And then all of a sudden, she sees Dr. Weaver. This is a cool reveal. How, like, the doctor is in... Like, she opens up the door to the washing machine, and then the... Dr. Weaver pops up and is like, get out of my house. Yes. And then Madison's like, what the fuck? You're in my house. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> very, very fun the way they use, because there's another moment with the mirror where that happens again. Like, really fun how they use the objects in the house as portals to the other worlds. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... Very fun visually. Yeah, the whole... The, the visions of, like, you had the house melting, and then, like, mm-hmm. it reveals that, like, you know, she's witnessing... Gabriel murder somebody. Yeah, which again, it's like if the house, it all lines up. Like if the houses are mined, of course, then everything is happening in this, in her mind. Happening in the mind. I'm, I'm. Tonight on Dateline NBC, we talk about the mind. I'm very smart this episode, and I did just hair flip the like little side of my bangs. Just a very. You're, you're doing a good job of smart today. I am doing a, a good job with smart. I'm being a smart. Yeah. I'm being a smart you, today. Do good with smart I'm doing, now. I'm doing good with smart now today. Not good smart. And I, I'm all, I'm veering into doing good with uh, being a smart ass, but we're not. <laughs> but I think I'm staying in the smart territory. So that's good. The other day, the other day, I was uh, texting my cousin, talking about. He's like, "You got plans this weekend?" And I was Plus, like, "Oh yeah, I'm redoing redoing text. my office." And he goes, "Office?" And I explain in the text, explain what an office was, and just reply back, "Smartass." And of course, I, of course, I immediately thought about my favorite line in Airplane, in which they go, "Airplane, what is it? It's a big building with patience, but that's not important now." <laughs> Anyway, visions of Gabriel killing the doctor, and then he kills the doctor with the medical trophy. With her award. Which is great. Great kill. And then, yeah, and then the next scene is the detectives at the scene explaining what (laughs) we just saw to us. And I love, okay, (laughs) I love, 
too, because again, another example of how like every every character has something going on and taken care of. I am in love with the little nerdy uh, uh, assistant, I guess, or whatever. I don't know what that like the name. Oh, of the C the CS the yeah. CSI De- yeah. detective, like the, yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, woman who's doing all the investigation, and it seems like she has this little crush on the detective, and she is so nerdy for murder. It's fabulous. I just love that character. Nerdy for murder. That's another shirt. I love anybody who's nerdy for murder. I wanted to be a CSI investigator when I was growing up because I watched too many episodes of X-Files, but... Not not CSI, X-Files. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I wanted... Well, I who didn't want to be, but I wanted to be Agent Dana Scully. I was like, is that a job? I'll do that. She's cool. But yeah, they, they, they revealed that the top of the... Tr- like the base of the trophy's still there, but the top of it's missing... And then at this point, Shaw finds <laughs> Shaw finds uh, a picture of a little girl, which just like looks at, it, and on the back it says May ninety two, and it's just like, okay, it's a picture of a child. This can't be where he just throws it over his shoulder. Practically, no, he, he takes it, and Joking. then and then they talk about like, yeah, the top of the trophy is missing. Then we smash cut to Gabriel. You know what he's Sharpening doing? He's taking that trophy, the hell out of that trophy into a sword. I love how the trophy says excellence. Yes. So it's like he's just stabbing somebody with, with a trophy. Like, <laughs> excellence. Oh, and, that, and, just every- and it's so metal. And as someone yeah. who attended Warped Tour and bought his closet, got, <laughs> oh, yeah. t- topic, if they're going to stab someone with an award, it's going to look like that one. So we metal. need to make Gabriel the early years in which he's going around killing people at Warp Tour, wearing yeah. his hoodie. He's wearing Vans. Let's go through his trauma as a goth and where it went wrong. It went from being a yeah. cool goth to uh, like uh, the the kind of goth that people thought actual goths were. Like parents would be like, <gasps> walking in a trench coat, he's gonna murder people. And then, but Gabriel became that. He became an example. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Uncool goth. Yeah we, yeah, we see that he he throws the knife. Uh, right next to Underground Lady's head, demonstrating how sharp the knife yeah, they're is. They're in an attic now, like in the daylight, where he's sharpening this knife, and he's held her captive. And we're all like, and we're all like, why aren't you killing her? Who is she? Why? Yeah. But we'll, you'll figure it out. We'll, fi- we'll we'll reveal it later, even though you probably already watched this movie. <laughs> and then we have Detective. Uh, we cut to Detective Shaw. Like they're up late at night and like Moss and Shaw, which that's another Fast and Furious movie, um, are talking to each other and then trying to figure out everything. And then she leaves because it's date night apparently with her husband. Again, a li- and- I just love these lines. She's like, he's like, tell so and so it's my fault. And she's like, you better. Bada bada. Lot of butter. Bada bada. And then forget the And then Shaw's line. like, Bosco, Bosco, you here? He goes, and then like, no. <laughs> And his, and then, yeah. his little face, he's like, no. It's great. No. Anyway, yeah, Shaw's like, yeah, this little girl, I need you to age her up about 30 years. Uh, Use that age up technology you know, we got you know here at the police spe- specific role in any crime station of someone who just uses the filter or the app that ages people. And that's what they do 24 hours a day. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's like uh, here's here's that no. girl aged up, and it's just like it's just a little girl, but with wrinkles. <laughs> and who is it? Emily May, Madison Mitchell. Yeah, or well, she was Emily May, right? And now she's Madison. 
Yeah. yeah. And at this this point, we cut to another doctor from the cold open. The one that says, he's broadcasting his thoughts. Thoughts. But he's in his house. And I don't know if you noticed this, but he's like talking on the phone, talking about how Dr. Weaver's dead. But then as he's like put... He's like putting stuff up on the dresser or whatever. There's a little statue on top of it. It looks like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz, but he's laying like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know that little seductive oh. pose that Malcolm does? Oh, it burned in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but picture that. But picture the Tin Man for the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I see. That's what this statue is. Gotcha. That just popped out, popped out from the screen to me and it made me laugh. Oh my god. But yeah, his um this is so stupid cuz like yeah, Gabriel got in through the window and the doctor cleans up cuz it's raining and there's water all over the place and then like we see Gabriel behind him and then lights go out and Gab- or come up Gabriel's gone, lightning flash, blah 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 blah. But then the doctor has a big r- r- big ass red neon sign outside of his window. Yes. That's like shining in and then Sarah, I'm not used to big, you know, shining red neon signs blasting through my window. So what do I do? I close the blinds. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, and I, doesn't I, bother this guy. I tend to leave my windows closed at night because I don't want evil demons or like, um, you know, cancerous trauma tumors <laughs> to enter my house. Um, but he doesn't do that. Yeah. He does not do that. He goes to bed. And then, of course, what happens? Madison has another vision of a, of a dude. Which, this one's really cool because she goes to bed. Yeah. And she, like, wakes, she's like wakes yeah, up she and she's, like, next to this guy rolls over bed. and she's next to him in bed. Really great. Yeah, that's such... And then Gabriel, of course, comes in, jumps... Like, his hair's, like, hanging down on her face. Yes. Oh, like really that creepy. shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. If anyone has ever probably don't even watch want to watch this if you you have sleep paralysis and i've only ever like had a couple moments in my life where i don't think it was full sleep paralysis but i was like awake and couldn't move kind of thing and like um i heard a, like a door open and freaked out and stuff and um yeah she's like awake but asleep but can't move and his hair just like oh just dangles over her face and as she's just like in horror it's yeah Scary. But then he, um, at, at this he point we realize, well, at this point we realize that he's a backwards man because he's like moving in which his arms, like a person whose arms are behind their back. Yeah. I just wrote down Gabriel's movement is so fucked. Uh, I remember watching it the first time I was just like, oh shit, he's a, he, he's a backwards yeah, man. And of course back- I immediately thought of Freddie got fingered. Back- backwards, backwards man, man the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man. I can run fast, fast. You can, I can run anyway. IMDB fun fact time. Uh-oh. Uh, the shots, the choreography and the movement, Gabriel's movement, um, was actually not done by CGI or at least not all of it. Uh, it was done by a Ukrainian, I think, actor actress uh who was on like a talent show or something who does acrobatics and and um contortion contortion contortion, Mm. which i was super excited to find out because i knew that the movement had to be it it looks so real and but strange 
I, I yeah. could not put my finger on what ha- I knew some of it was real. I knew at least some of it was, but very cool. It's it's very cool, so but then like well done, unlike any. But then, yeah, it's it's great. And then we see we get to see Gabriel's face like up close, yeah, for the first time. Oh, in which so that that is when I figured out the twist. Like, first time watching it, immediately figured out the twist. I don't remember, because this time was my second time, I already knew the twist. Um, The first time watching, I mean, I had to have known it had something to do, because you see that shot of Gabriel on the back of her head at the very beginning of the movie, so I knew it had something to do with him, but I guess maybe I didn't know until that moment either, because we don't see his face. Well, at the beginning of the movie, you don't see the rest of her body, you just see the back of the head, you just see the back, so it's like... You just see this creature. Yeah, I can't. I, so it was last fall when I watched it for the first time. So I couldn't tell you when I when I had the big like aha moment because um, this time well, I, I knew it. But well, the reason I figured it out is because of the. I haven't read the book, but I've watched the George A. Romero adaptation. But it's uh, Stephen King's The Dark Half. Yes, that was another I, a fun fact on IMDb that they talked about. Mm-hmm. But um. So, like, I, I love the dark half. There's, like, a part of the beginning of the movie where the uh, Timothy Hutton, as his character as a child, gets, mm. he gets, he has, like, a tumor or whatever in his brain. He, like, hears these thoughts or whatever, and then they open up his skull, and there's his, <laughs> it's a cool shot. I made it a GIF that so I will post. Terrifying. But it's an eyeball opening up in somebody's brain. Oh. It's so fucking cool. But it's just an eyeball opening up. And so, like, he had, like, he, like, absorbed his twin in the womb. Uh-huh. And that's what the dark half is about is like Classic he like horror. this twin comes back to life somehow and like starts killing people and everybody thinks it's Yeah. P- Timothy Hutton but it turns out it's his and it's the whole thing is a was inspired by the fact that Stephen King wrote uh books like The Long Walk, The Running Man, Road Work. He wrote these books as Richard Bachman. And so, oh, so he was like basically, basically Timothy Hutton's character is Stephen King, and then the evil version is Richard Bachman. Huh? So it's the anyway. Steve does that a lot. But yeah, I just immediately thought of the. I just immediately thought about the dark half, and that was um another IMDb fun fact. Uh, but that was on there. But also the fact that Stephen King absolutely loved this movie and. Our dear friend Nicolas Cage loved this movie. That was that was an IMDb fun fact, and I thought that is the crowd I want to be a part of. Oh, I would love to hang out with Nicolas Cage I, and Stephen King as we all I watch was like, this movie. Please, together. can we all get together, y'all? Just hang out <laughs> and watch *Malignant* and just be in all of it together. Oh man, I think um, Sarah. I think we're, we're we're pretty far into the episode. I think at this point, I need to uh, load up on another margarita. Okay. Margarita break? Do I vamp now? No, I'm just going to take a break. We'll just stop recording and then it'll be a break. Oh. We'll be right back. uh, Bye. Thad Beaumont's books are larger than life. Whoever thought you was a celebrity. I'm not the celebrity, George Stark is. Hotter than hell. These behaviors could be interpreted as schizophrenia. And badder than bad. You really don't realize what you like when you write those books, do you? It's like watching Jekyll turn into high. Based upon a book by Stephen King. The Dark Half. Rated R. Starts Friday, April 23rd. And we're back. Loaded up on margaritas. Empty bladders. 
Margarita's empty bladders. That's the that's the full, name of the country. Full hearts can't lose. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we at at this point? Margarita, uh, like not even I feel like even into most of it because we get we're just so excited about this movie. Um, I th- um, we left oh yeah, off so, on the uh, the assistant to the doctor kill. I think. Yeah, so he that dude got stabbed in the face several times and went it's gnarly as fuck. Why am I, did I block that out? I was like, I I didn't write any notes and I didn't remember exactly how he died. So I guess maybe I just like was traumatized by it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty gnarly because his jaw jaw looks like it's ripped off. Oh, that's right. I think that was a moment where for whatever reason, I like looked down at my phone and I looked up and his face was gone. And I was like, yikes. (laughs) Good. Check, please. Yikes. Is it getting hot in here? (laughs) But this, yeah, this is the point because Madison's been having these visions, and then she goes to, she she and Sydney decide to go to the detectives and tell them that yeah, Madison's been having visions. Yes, mm-hmm. and she wants them ba- badly to go see a a, a, a psychic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's big, big into uh, psychics, um, which they do go see one eventually, but it's actually more of like a therapist, I guess. It's a hip, hip, hypnotist. Yeah, hypnotist slash therapist, you know. But they, uh, what do they say? Yeah, they're like, yeah, this guy got murdered at this house. Yeah. Like, he lives right across the street. Mm-hmm. And then and the cops like, are like, all right, I guess we'll go. Uh, yeah, she's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? You go, and then... You see, then you can lock her up, and I can pay the bill. She says dramatically. Well, it's like you can, uh, you can, uh, like you know, put her in a mental institution and, and arrest me. And then she has like a weird, like look on her face, like, "Well, why did I say that?" And yeah. then I, that, I just threw. It's I was dramatic. like, I don't know if it's. I was like, is that her acting, or is that her like as an actor saying that line, going, "I didn't really like that take." Uh, no, oh yeah, that that's so funny that you like because, and they used it anyways, just because they liked the reaction, even though maybe she was actually like, "What did I just do?" That's yeah, that's it was, funny it was, to think uh, about. I just thought it was, it was a again. Look. I thought it was again another moment of drama for the sake of drama, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we love. We love drama for drama. But yeah, then they go to go to the house, you know, go to the apartment, and they end up finding the body, and that's when we see his like face is all stabbed up and whatnot. Yes. And then we cut to <laughs> smash cut to a police sketch of oh, Gabriel. Gabriel! <laughs> which is <laughs> to hilarious. Which, to which Detective Moss replies, "So I'm putting a bullet out on a, on Sloth from the Goonies." <laughs> That's what I forgot she said that. She has such great lines. Most of the lines that I wrote down are her lines. <laughs> she she has like she is that classic detective with the one liners. Like she's got yeah. all she has got all the one liners. Yeah. So good. And uh because <laughs> it's just ridiculous as like she has the appropriate reaction to this movie. Yeah, she is the only voice of reason. The only <laughs> She's the only one taking all of this, like, deadly serious and, and also, well, not being like, it can't be serious. This is a joke. <laughs> so I'm putting a bolo out on Sloth from the Goonies. So, anyway, my, it's so, so funny. My other favorite line of hers, which we'll get to in a minute, is, so you're saying the killer is your imaginary friend? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to, su- to some, because this, this mostly right here, this next little bit is just exposition mostly but like yeah Madison goes into the bathroom 
The lights flicker. Her phone rings. It's un- unknown, and it's Gabriel. Calls her up, talks to her, and keeps calling her Emily because that's her real name. And then we go, and then, then her and uh, Sydney go to their mom's house, and then their mom is like, "Yeah, you were, you know, your mother was dead when you were adopted, and you know, here's some." They watch some home v- videos of her, like Christmas and birthday and all this yeah. stuff. And when she's talking to Gabriel, turns out she's always been talking to Gabriel. Yeah, and they always thought it yeah. was just they thought Gabriel was a. Coping mechanism for the trauma that she experienced in the hospital. They Mm -hmm. they thought like she had created this imaginary friend because she was so, um, just like as a way to help her cope with I guess whatever happened in the hospital or moved after moving. But it yeah, but it wasn't. But yeah, but young Madison's played by McKenna Grace, who plays Phoebe in. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I knew. I was like, "Who is this?" I knew I recognized her. Knew it. She, she's, she's very good in this. She's very good in Ghostbusters. Oh, she was so good in Ghostbusters. So good. Yeah, I I see. I see a bright future for her. She's very good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, glowing review of McKenna Grace. Great, great actor. (laughs) Up and coming. But yeah, uh, Gabriel. Uh, like talks to her through like a playphone, and then like also says, terrifying. Like, yeah, big, but big says, poltergeist like, energy. Poltergeist two. B B P E big poltergeist energy. <laughs> Famously uh, from Poltergeist two, the mm-hmm. other side. Mm-hmm. What was going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Madison talks through the pet playphone, and then Gabriel wants to Madison to kill, kill the-, the like. Kill Matt, uh, kill Sydney. Baby sister, which was you so know. sad because Gabriel knows if they form a bond, she and her sister, a loving bond, that he will no longer have power over her. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. We need to get your sister on the phone. Well, I, I'm going to call her up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Katie, I'm doing the podcast right now. What are you doing? Hi, Katie, you're on the line talking to... She, uh, she, she talking would be to, like, nope, and then hang up. You're on the line talking to Stank and the Hangdown. How's it going? I'm Stank. <laughs> I'm the Hangdown. We got Katie We got Katie Peters on the line. Katie, do you remember back when you were a child, your sister, Sarah Jean, had a parasitic, a parasitic growth talking to her while you were... <laughs> like, explain the plot of this movie to her. If anything, um, Katie wanted to kill me after she came into the world, not vice yeah. versa. <laughs> she literally bit me after she was born. She came out of the womb and she like bit me one day when I was holding her. Jesus. Like, and I'm not talking about like a playful bite. She took like it was my back, a chunk of skin out of my back. Wow. Did she have teeth? Yeah, she was like older, I guess. So it wasn't like right after she was born. She was like a toddler. This was, this was last week, wasn't it? it at her birthday in Florida. Uh, one too many beers and Katie started biting me. Uh, classic. Classic Katie. Love you, girl. I love you, girl. Uh, yeah, so at this point, um, Detective Shaw figured out what the next victim is going to be. And then Madison has visions of the victim, which is with a mirror. That's like she look, looks down right. and looks back uh-huh, up and the, uh-huh. it's the victim instead. And he's taking a, a nice classic little bubble bath. Don't you? Yeah. Little Vino. Little book. (laughs) Older men and me. 
Love bath time. And Chen children. <laughs> love bath time. We love bath time. It's good. It's good stuff. And it's honestly, Gabriel, it's so rude to enter someone's safe space like that and kill them while they're, tra- they're sipping their red, reading a good book. And they're relaxing at the end of a long day in a nice bubble bath. Rude. I feel like that will be the, uh, if you're going to get stabbed a bunch of times in the face by a trophy, I feel like that's the the most ideal scenario to be in is while you're taking a bath. So the bathtub catches the blood. That's true. That's true. But like there's the aspect of it where, and obviously tubs I think are a big horror movie thing. I think obvious because you're- Ricardo Tubs from Miami Vice? You're vulnerable in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. You're alone, and you're not I mean, wearing that... pants, and that's scary. <laughs> no one should be seen without pants. It's terrifying. Let Sarah alone, Jean alone be... has never taken off pants, by I, the way. Sarah Jean only wear, wears pants all I'm the like time. I'm like Tobias on Arrested Development. I'm, I'm a, you're a never nude? Never nude. I bathe with shorts every time just in case someone comes in to stab me. Because you're going to stab me, and then on top of that, you're going to invade my privacy? No, thank Hello. you. Hello. No, thank you. So Shaw arrives at the apartment. Guy's already dead. And then, uh, what's her name? Madison sees this and tries to yell at Shaw like, he's in the room. He's still there. Cool That's scene. how Madison sounds, by the way. We've been, she sounds just hey, like this. Hey, he's still there. He's hey, in the room. Hey, he's in there. Don't wait. You're going to get killed. You're gonna get stabbed in the face by a trophy. Help! 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 <laughs> that I have. That's another impression I can add to my roster. Yeah, write down uh, Madison Mitchell from the film *Malignant*. Oh my God, Madison Mitchell *Malignant*. I'm hello, in, I'm, hello. I'm gonna be ready for the SNL showcase after this one episode. <laughs> so Gabriel <laughs> attacks Shaw. Horn. And then there's a chase sequence in which, like, they're running down fire escapes, and oh, it's really cool. Shaw has so a moment good. in which he's like, I guess I'm doing this, because Gabriel makes his leap onto a garbage can, and, and then Shaw's like, I don't know about this. There's no way he made it without breaking a bone. That was ridiculous. That was the most realistic part of this movie, in which it, he was like, I, he's like, I don't fuck it. No, well, I guess I gotta do this. Yeah. And then and he does it and, like, his, eats it. His fall is pretty realistic, too. I'm just like, there's no way he got up after that, but. And then they go to the Seattle Underground, in which Gabriel, like, has all the strength and, like, kicks through a brick wall. Gabriel is like, he, he slammed a couple Red Bulls. He's high off a warp tour, and he's got. <laughs> he's, he's a goth, but he works out. You know, you can tell. Yeah. Well, he does parkour, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like, in a way, he works out in a way at Gothwood. He skateboards, <laughs> or he does parkour. Goth activities. Gothtivities. And, and then they're, like, uh, running through all this stuff, and then they go into the, like, a part of the underground that has a shitload of wagons, and it's foggy all the time. That's right. What is that? So, well, what is that, a Sleepy Hollow? I don't know. It looked like the scene in Titanic, but, but with wagons. Here's the thing the about cars. that. Yeah, here's the thing about that is... I don't understand why. Seattle was in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And if you think about it... There were wagons. Wagons like that probably didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like they, they Those felt like England, kind of New England, like, like wagons you see around New York. Whereas, like, I feel like Seattle wagons 
would be more like like wild west wagons you know what i mean yeah like the what why why am i thinking of the oregon trail or something is that what like, yeah something west, like that you, know? you you wouldn't see this big like you know this big elegant Stage wagon with like lanterns coach. all over it yeah like um yeah i don't know maybe maybe the, uh, the all i could think of is they look like the the kind of coaches that um uh horses trot about in the city so maybe seattle has horses i don't know yeah, I don't know. I, well, it's just I don't know. They just have a ton of wagons for no reason. A lot of yeah, a lot, a lot of moving wagons. They're paying a lot to store all those wagons, not using them. Seattle, what's your deal? <laughs> wow, are they are they just is, is this big wagon just getting all this money big, in to just big, promote wagons? Big wagon energy. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle is bleeding money on wagons. This just in. <laughs> Seattle. Not, this is this is not a good look for you, Seattle. Rainy city, lots of wagons. Film at eleven. So <laughs> then Gabriel gets away as Shaw shooting at him, which that's that. It almost looks like Gabriel's stop motion animation as he's climbing up. Dude. This it just looks weirdly like it just looks weird. It, it, it just and it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it looks really weird and really great. Like it's totally otherworldly and creepy in a way that I I cannot. I have never seen a film that has done that. that. I can't think of any. I can't. I've never seen a movie. Ah, again, at, I keep my eyes closed. I never open them. At this point, this is when the detectives talk with Madison about the victims and how they're all connected to her. Mm. And then Madison's like, I don't remember these guys. And they're like, we're going to bring in a hypnotist. In which Sydney goes, yeah. And then she loves hypnotist. And then Ma says, not a psychic. <laughs> like nips it in the bud, not which a I love. Is Detective Regina Moss the best character of this movie? Quite possibly. I think she is. Up there. Best best supporting, easily. So then we have, like, uh, the hypnotist, you know, hypnotizes Madison, and we get flashbacks to, Journey's you know, young back. Mad- yeah, journeys back in time to her brain, to her, to, her, to her memory palace. Root of her trauma. And then, basically, anytime Gabriel did something, Madison got blamed for it, mm-hmm. and then... Horrible way to live, by the way. And this is when... Yeah, this is when Gabriel tricks Madison, like makes her see a vision in which she thinks she's cutting into a birthday cake, hmm. but it turns out she's actually like gonna cut into her mom's stomach to kill Sydney. Oh God, yes! Oh, terrifying, traumatic, and very traumatic. Very traumatic. And is this? I love. And is this I've happens? Just said, I've just said trauma thirty eight thousand times in this episode. <laughs> Listen to quote to quote. Uh, I am the, Jamie Lee Curtis, the trauma doctor. To quote Jamie Lee Curtis during the Halloween Kills press tour, this is about trauma. It's about trauma and drama. Trauma through drama, mama. Oh, my God. <laughs> trauma through drama, mama. cinema. Anyway. Trauma through drama for cinema, mama. Okay? Oh, Get it? All right. Got it? Good. So, present day's Madison, at this point, freaks out about this memory and they immediately bring her out of her hypnotic sleep oh, or yeah. hypnosis. She starts freaking out. And then they explain what happened and all that stuff. And then this is when uh, Detective Regina Moss famously says, Wait, are you saying that the killer is your imaginary hey, friend? friend? Wait. And then. You telling me. And then we cut to a nice little shot of the city. Oh, no, no, no. I just, uh, I just sneezed and knocked over my microphone. 
Sarah sneezes with her entire body, so of course she just <laughs> threw the microphone across the room. I truly just did. Oh my god, that was intense. Okay, keep going. But uh, yeah, we cut to like our, you know, it's outside as the city. It's raining, and then we're we're joined back in with the underground lady who's like cutting through her her ropes, her bio. You know, mm. she's you know roped up in this up and tied room, up. in this attic in this somewhere. Room. We don't know and where. And she's like sawing away, and she finally gets loose, and she's like, "I'm free, I'm loose," and she's like trying to find an exit. And as she does, she falls through the floor, and and then we cut to her falling through the ceiling, and she lands on the coffee table. And whose house it is? It's, it's Madison's house. house. And at this point, we cue, "Where is my mind?" This has got to be one of my top, like, top ten reveals in a movie It's ever. a great reveal. It is such a good reveal. It is such a good reveal. And it, and it obviously adds to the fact that they think she's guilty, so it, like, escalates the plot, you know? It dry, it moves it forward. Oh, she, uh, Madison, straight to jail. Yeah, straight straight to jail. <laughs> Woman falls out of attic, jail. Um, having visions, also jail. Malignant tumor, jail. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, wow, wow, wow. Great moment, great drama. Where is my mind? Comes in. It's, uh, 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 chef's kiss. <laughs> chef's kiss. And then, yeah. Chef's, so we cut two to chefs their- making out. That is how great that moment is. Oh my God. Why has that not happened? Two, two chef's she- kiss. Two chef's kiss. That's how many chefs kissing. Multiple ch- chefs kissing. And after this happens, they inter- of course interview Madison, and during the ca- during the interview, because Madison's like, "I don't know, dude." <laughs> it was Gabriel. Yeah. And she- then all of a sudden, Shaw's phone rings, and guess who it is? Gabriel. It's Gabriel. It's Gabriel. Ring, ring. Hello. I'm killing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Gabriel. That's, that's how Gabriel talks. Um, hello. I'm Gabriel. I, I sound kind of. Di- I sound different when the when I'm talking through the radio. My my brain my brain waves are distorted. It's a little bit embarrassing, but this is my normal voice. I, I love that we did kidnap someone and put them in an attic. I just killed three people. Oopsie whoopsie. I walk backwards. Okay, cool. So judge me. Whatever. Oopsie whoopsie. I walk backwards. <laughs> see it at Cracker Barrel. I'll be there. <laughs> my bad. My bad, I'll y'all. One, I'll be the one eating rock candy in the corner, okay? Eating rock candy in the corner. That's another song that you need to be on your malignant Margaritas and Malignant album. Honestly, so we've got um, Margarita Full, Bladder Empty. We've got Eating Rock Candy in the Corner. <laughs> these are great song titles. I really want to make these into songs. I got a full margarita and an empty bladder. What could stop me now? All oh, I man. need is a girl in some jeans and a big old pickup truck and a cow. I said I'm country. <laughs> I said I'm country. Because most country artists announce that they're country in the middle of the song. I said I'm country. This is a country song in a country place with my country woman in a country face. Do you need to listen? I don't know if I've sent you this song yet, but it's on Spotify. But look it up. Listen and look it up as well. It's called Parked Out by the Lake. 
It is a song about a man parked out by the lake. He has a truck. Is, he is parked out by his lake. You know, if if it's a country, if it's a satirical song or a real song, country song, if you're not talking about trucks, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You just where are we at? <laughs> what are we doing? I forgot. We've, we've done so many tangents. This episode might be longer than the movie. What are we're an hour and a half in? So, okay, at this point, Sydney in starts investigating. Madison's adoption, mm-hmm. in which she calls up the adoption agency, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have any records of her like before she got here." Mm-hmm. And then Sydney's like, "Well, I guess I got to go to the institute." And she does. And then, and she, and then uh, she, I love the reveal that she she has the same reaction that I had when I first to, saw to it. The was house. She she goes around the corner and sees this institute on the edge of the cliff, and she's like, "What the fuck?" She, like, yeah. <laughs> And she gets into the hospital, and it just... No, no, sh- no. What? We got to talk about something that happens literally right before that. What? So, the it's on the edge of a cliff. She parks her Prius on the edge of the cliff at, like... Of course, she has a Prius, too. It's, like, edge of a cliff right here. Her Prius is parked, like, here. Like, that shit... Is just another another just a, an example of a moment they specifically chose to make terrifying every every just, moment every moment that is the that is the most over the top parking I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was just <laughs> you have to you have to be in constant sense of danger. You know? How do we make this uh, parking dramatic? I, I know we'll have the bumper of her Prius hanging off the edge of this. Cliff. I, I'm sure that they had to look at this movie shot by shot and, and say not enough drama. <laughs> We need more drama in this. Nope. It needs to be more goth. This. He went to Warp Tour. He shopped at Hot, Hot Topic. Topic. We need more goth. This is this is 110%. That's not what we do here. We do We're 120%. Doing 120%. That is the number I gave you when we started production. That is the number we finish at when we finish production. Warp Tour. <sighs> Warp Tour. James Wan, thank you for putting 120% into this movie. Thank you, James. 120% Wan. So, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Nickname, 120%. <laughs> so, which, by the way, James Wan, famously the same director as Furious 7, which is the best Fast and Furious movie. No put that damn on record. wonder. Talk about 120%. No damn yeah. wonder. I had no idea he did this movie. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. 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 Where are we at at this point? She gets in the hospital. Can I say, talk about S- when she gets in the hospital? Yeah, you can get to the hospital now. <laughs> we we listen to me talk about she, parking her Prius uh, on a cliff. Uh, now we got to talk about the hospital. Uh, she, um, oh, it's just one of my favorite lines. She gets to the, um, the directory, the like plaque lit on the wall, the directory, directory for the hospital and, and records. It just has floor one, floor two, floor three, basement. And the records mm-hmm. are in the basement, and she just goes, "Of course." <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that. Usually, they don't actually verbally say that; they just show the shot in a scary movie. Yeah. And of course, everyone is con- constantly like referencing that either they're not or they're referencing what's going on. And that was another moment where she just, "Of course." Yeah, Sydney is a very good audience. Like Regina is the audience. Sydney's the audience. Everybody else is like in, living in the world of this. Yeah. I, you know, it's like a it's 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 a weird movie because you got like detectives explaining everything we just saw, yeah. but it's also them 
vocalizing what we as the audience are thinking. Yeah, uh-huh, out loud. Yeah, yeah, like of, of some characters act as specifically like a voice box for the audience, mm-hmm. which is which is nice because, I don't know, it's like you have, even watching it alone, it's almost like someone is watching it with you and that person is the actor in the film. It's really bizarre and wonderful and fun. Yeah. What was, um... What happened... Oh yeah, so after that happens, yeah, Sydney finds like the files in the in the in the file room, of course. She finds a shitload of old VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Her and her mom start watching them together, in which Dr. Weaver says, you know, her birth mother, you know, was raped. Madison's birth mother was raped and she carried the child the term. Holly, yeah, I forgot that part of the movie too. Jeez. And then and then we 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 have her name's Serena May, yeah, and she's talking to the camera talking about how her mom, you know, thought she was impure because she gave birth to this impure <sighs> child and We are really getting into a lot of like female centric heavy, heavy issues. Damn. Oh yeah. Damn, damn, damn. Well, I think And she has the, to give the baby of... away to or well she Yeah. Yeah, this is what happens when, yeah, the story, like, the writers, like, two of them are women. Ah. So it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, so that no, no way. Yeah, yeah, That totally. That's awesome. We love women writers. We love writers. We love... You're like, what? Anyway, it just makes, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this movie was written by women. That makes yeah. sense. And, and as to... If it's going to be a movie that's primarily focused on female characters, what, yeah, it makes a difference. It makes it, it mm-hmm. makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, anyway, yeah, real written movie. A lot of great, um, you know, themes, subtext. Mm. Mm. Ladies, uh, man at home. The club is full of ballers, and the ballers full of chrome. Balance and really friends. I don't know why. Is, <laughs> so I'm just, I don't know why you're singing that song. Because we were talking about ladies, and I was just like, "Ladies, leave me a man." I don't. That's the song. house is jumping, jumping. <laughs> the house is jumping, jumping. Oh uh, yeah, at this point, uh, they put like Madison and general population in the jail, and then Mad- yeah, of course they're watching. And then that's and while they're watching the VHS tapes, this happens, and we cut back to VHS because, tape watching. Yeah. And then Madison's birth mother did not die during childbirth, mm-hmm. like they told mm-hmm. her. To which, uh, <laughs> to which their mom says, like Sydney's mom, very dramatic, goes those lying cock knockers. Uh, which I, I have forgot. not. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot she said cock knockers. I have not heard that term, and I don't know how long. I don't know if I've I have ever heard the term someone actually say cock knockers my entire <laughs> life, but I will start saying it. Every other yeah. word in my life. You need to just continue to start yelling those. Every, anytime somebody's lying, you got to refer to them as Co- a, a lying cock, cock knocker. knocker. So much <laughs> cock knocker. So much better Ugh. than just you know dick or something. Cock knocker. Derek's a but cock the, knocker. Yeah, big time. Big time. So at this point, this is the point in which we find out that underground lady. Who is she? That's right, Serena May, Madison's biological mother. Mom, 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 mom. I actually don't think I realized it because I I guess I didn't recognize her on the video. I didn't realize until the very end that that was the case, which was a nice, like, way last minute reveal for me personally. But Mm -hmm. well, they revealed it, you know, at this point. Okay, well, fine. So I'm not smart for once. I've been very smart this whole time. (laughs) This is the first time I haven't been smart. Just, just in first time, first time this episode, Sarah Jean is stupid. I'm human, okay? I'm human. I'm not always smart. 
I'm smart. I, I can do things. I'm smart. And yeah, during the whole VHS thing, yeah, Gabriel's a parasitic twin mm. that has grown on Emily's back. In which Big Jesus Christ, Big this like Makeup. shot of like you see McKenna Grace's like face and whatnot. Mm. And then they go around her back, and you just see this little, like, you know, creature Absolutely. growing out of her back. Like, uh, the only thing I can compare it to is Alien, I guess, or um, The Thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the only thing I've ever seen like that are those two movies. <laughs> it's so... His little... I just wrote down his little Gabriel hands. His little, his little T-Rex his arms. His little T-Rex arms just waving. <laughs> Oh, little, uh, uh, it's so gross, and I love it. Hey, y'all, it's it's me, Gabriel. We're going to go down and eat rock candy down at damn Cracker Barrel. I'm going to use my little T-Rex fingers to eat some, uh, what is uh, Cracker Barrel's famous side? Apples. Baked apples. (laughs) I'm going to pick up some baked apples. Cracker Barrel famously, (laughs) Cracker Barrel famous for their apples. Everybody thinks, you know what I'm going to, God, I need to go to Cracker Barrel and eat some apples. No, they. They either have like a choice of you do a choice of like um, hash brown casserole or baked apples or something with their meals. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get baked apples. I'm gonna num 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 with my little T Rex fingies. <laughs> so stupid. So dumb. And so as, after this reveal happens, yeah, we cut to oh, it was like a montage, right? Let me do. I'm, I, oh no, never mind. Uh, my, my notes are off the rails at this point. It's it's cutting back and forth between these VHS tapes and the police Madison station and, and, and the Which, police station. By the and way, we're introduced. Well, I was going to say we're introduced to Zoe Bell, who's famous for being Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill. Uh, she was Lucy Lawless's stunt double on Xena Warrior Princess. That, that was in the she IMDb was best. she was in Death Proof. She was she's she's worked with Quentin Tarantino. She was the stunt coordinator on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, previously mentioned on this episode. Shit. I think. Did she do? Anyway. Did she do any, any of the coordination for for what ha- happens in the next? I don't know, but I'm pretty yeah. sure she did her own stunt in which she gets her eyeballs. You know, <laughs> she um. So the j- she's in the jail cell cell. Yeah, she's. Uh, I think her character's her character's name is Scorpion. Scorpion, yes. But she's the lady with the mullet who's just like, "What are you doing here?" Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm over yeah, here I... trying to do a new, so, uh, trying to do a New Zealand accent. What? The second time watching, I and I want to know your thoughts on this. What is up with the wardrobe for the women in the jail scene? Where is where is that coming it is, from? It's it so, is so over. Like, it's so like, over the top and all over the place. You got one woman in a jumpsuit from the seventies. You've got were they at, were they at like a decades party? Uh, it it literally <laughs> looks like like there were some folks from the eighties, from the seventies, from like all. Yeah. It was like uh, these women in the jail cell were from all different time periods, and they just stopped dressing according to like the fashion of today, and they're just stuck. Uh, so funny. Like they, I imagine they got put in jail during that decade, and and they just have been there. They've just been stuck in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. And I want to, yeah, they're just. I want to know what was the thought behind it because I know it was done with purpose, and I can't figure out why exactly. <laughs> Listen, so it's just funny. there's a lot of stuff in this movie that makes sense. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that doesn't make sense. I think we're going to put this in the doesn't yeah. make sense category. There, it, I don't, you have not, I'm sure you have not seen, but I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself because you might have seen it. The um, music video for Lady Gaga's Telephone. Um, it's, in a, it's in a jail cell. 
Oh, is that? A, yeah, it's old. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. It reminds me a little bit of how over the top and dramatic and the costumes and that remind reminded me of this scene. And I was like, it looks like they're all about to break out in song and dance. That's so funny. It, it definitely looks weird. Or fight. Yeah, it's very strange and I love it. So we. But, but as this happens, we cut to. Yeah, the, they're watch, still watching the VHS, you know, still watching the tapes. And it's Gabriel being surgically removed from Madison, oh in which they say, we're just going to remove the tissue and, and everything. just push it back into the skull. And they just, they're just like, all right, we're just going to shove her brain it back into her skull Bruce and put like a little cap on top of it. Shove it back into her brain. And like, that'll do. Like, like it, you know. Way to go, doctors. Drunk on the job. It's like, shit. Yeah, it's a little bit of brain. We're just going to shove that right back that, in there. That's what yeah, they were referencing good. when he said it was a different time. We just yeah, it's a different, we just shoved we, brains back into people's skulls. Listen, it was a different time. We just shoved brains into other stuff. We yeah. didn't give a shit at any point. Yeah, sure, we drank martinis on the job, but what are we all were getting uh, uh, freaky with each other. So what? I, uh, what? PC culture took over, and now that's all dead and gone. What PC the- culture, guess what? I'm a Mac man. I don't like PC. I like Mac. Anyway, that was stupid what I just oh, said. Edit. Back to a lot of, lot, of, lot of dumb voices this episode. I'm proud of us. We're really getting arts again. We're getting ready for showcase season, baby. That was, the ep- that was of course, the episode in which Nick and Sarah Jean stopped doing the podcast because they felt like they had gone too far with the voices. I'm Carl Sagan. Done. <laughs> Showcase season, baby. Baby. I keep, I literally, I was like, I, when I started doing this podcast, I realized how much I use baby as a filler word now. And I don't know when that started again for a while I did that. And I must be hanging around someone who uses it all the time because I can't stop now. I call everyone baby and I'm so sorry if you take offense to that. that Let matter? me know. Well, you, you, you hang out with a lot of like Hollywood it. film producers from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, no worries, baby. It's all casual. It's all good, baby. And I'm, I hear it coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, is this... Hey, sweetie, bring this me another a, cocktail. Is, it, yeah, is this a good thing to call people, or is it creepy? Like, I know it's coming from me, but am I doing it too much? Is it creepy? Is it creeping people out? <laughs> Let me well, know. I, gotta, I, gotta, well, I also you know, use, you, you, I use it like dude, too. I call everyone dude. You reference, you reference the fact that you hung out with Rich earlier this week. Well, he texted me saying, like... It's like, yeah, me and Sarah Jean, you know, we all went out to a yeah, bar, and she was just, she kept slapping waitresses on the ass, saying, <laughs> hey, bring, me another, good, bring me another cocktail, baby. Good job, baby. Keep doing what you're doing, baby. She was smoking Swisher Sweets hey, and wearing an ascot. I'm going to go out. Ascot, right, baby? Hey, come on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That PC culture. Ah, whatever. Ruins everything, baby. Uh, so, so dumb. Where are we at in the movie? I'm trying to get through this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I feel I, like I'm rushing, but I'm not rushing. I It's because I drank that espresso. Oh, That's man. probably what it is, because I drank that margarita. Margarita malignant, baby. We're really on the uppers and downers this this episode. So... On the up and down. Th- at this point, uh, Madison is just getting the shit kicked out of her by these uh, people who went to the, to the decades party. Yeah, she's... Just yeah. beating the shit out of her. And then For she no real just, reason, just because they needed to escalate the... <laughs> Yeah, I guess they need to like. It was like we need to keep this movie going. Yes. We need to, you know, somehow we gotta cause a, a riot. Like we gotta cause a fight. <laughs> so Madison starts screaming and like ripping her skull apart, oh. and that's when Gabriel shows up and then a- proceeds Q. to kill everyone. Wow, and and just and it is about to go off 
the damn rails. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't yet, get on board. Buckle up, bitch. I need everybody to, uh, if you didn't watch the movie, pause this episode. Watch and it. Then Catch up. Fat, no, fast forward to an hour and a half yeah. into the movie. And just watch. And, then just, and just watch the last 20 minutes and then come back and uh, listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah, just well, I, I now love the full movie, but the fight, this fight scene is, is it. it yeah, is. I just wrote down the last 20 minutes of this movie are amazing. And then I wrote, like, my next note is, Gabriel punches his hand through a person and then uses Zoe Bell as a human shield, as like a cop shooting. Like, rips at her eyes. Yeah. And then a cop starts shooting and then she like spins him around, hands still on head. And then, like, she gets, like, used as a human shield. There's, and then Gabriel breaks out. There's peopleography. There's chairography. There's horrorography. There's everything you ever needed or wanted. I can't even, like, what is the use of talking about it on this podcast? Because you can't explain it. It's just visually. Um, well, it's funny because Gabriel, like, breaks out of the cell and then breaks into the evidence to get his costume and weapons back. And then he proceeds to, like, the cops costume. are, like. The cops are on notice, like, yeah, the prisoner's broken out. And they're like, huh? And all of a sudden, the door flings open. And then Gabriel proceeds to just mow through some cops. And that, like, he's the, 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 he's slicing arms off. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, they're using shotguns trying to kill him. He's, like, diverting that's, shotguns that's right. to shoot other cops. Mm-hmm. And then, and then famously, Detective are, Regina Miles. I was about to say, are you going to say the line? You going to say the line? We need backup. Send in the National Fucking Guard. Guard. <laughs> Send in the National <laughs> Fucking Guard. So good. So good. She went from zero to a thousand. Like, this is... This is going down. Um, and, uh, and this is really so. cool, because, like, Gabriel had, like... He's, like... A, he used the knife, the excellence knife, which this was excellent. Excellent. Slice the cop's arm off, and then Shaw and Moss go after Gabriel, in which... Shaw, his arm gets put into a chair, and like Gabriel, like breaks his arm or something with the chair, yeah, he's, and he's like on the ground in pain. He's breaking arms, and then right, and then Moss picks up a shotgun, starts shooting at Gabriel, and then Gabriel runs, to, like fucks off, and like runs to the other part of the room, which he like crawls backwards. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Backwards crawling. Yeah, I, again, and then, I don't. And then, <laughs> it's Gabriel and, out of Madison's, the back of Madison's head, and that is how they're they're moving as one. I don't even know how to. It's amazing. So good. But as all this is happening, uh, Moss decides to like <gasps> drop her pursuit to kill Gabriel and tries to help Shaw. Yeah. In which Gabriel triumphantly picks up an office chair and yeets it across the room and then hits uh-huh. them knocks, dead knocks on. Knocks them out, death by chair. They cannot move. They are immobilized. That is the chair that broke the camel's back. They are done for. <laughs> Um, Nick, you want to do a little a little spotlight moment on your on being famous, real quick? You want a, a little actor spotlight, a little or so writer that, spotlight, shall we? So this so this week, I'm, I like saw a tweet on Twitter that just said so excited for this. It was like Google your username and then click on the news tab, and you could see what news articles used your tweets. And this was during the Academy Awards season in which I it was like the Oscar cheers moment. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted out, my Oscar cheers moment was when Gabriel <laughs> geeted a chair across the room and sealed his fate as the greatest villain in horror history. In which Newsweek used that tweet. 
all the tweets are about like other movies that aren't related to Malignant, and just mine is just about a horror movie, it's just slap in the middle of it. It just it made me laugh. Very I gotta re- I gotta hard. read the full article because I just saw it and was like giddy with excitement for you. It was just it just it just made me laugh. But this You've was made this it. is when. But this is when they were like doing that whole thing where it was like you know cheer moments at the Academy Awards, and of course I don't know I'm Flash. not on, I'm not on Twitter officially. I just wanted to get on and follow NPR. Yeah, but this whole the Flash going through the Speed Force was famously the top winner of the Academy Awards, which of course I did not remember that, but I do remember him throwing that fucking chair. Eat. And then, like at the end of that, he like <laughs> climbs up on the desk, and this like this very menacing music is playing, and he just like screams in like victory. <laughs> Gabriel does. It's great. Uh, the whole whole sequence is amazing. And his scream sounds like this. Gotta get, get some rock candy. Oh, meet me at the Cracker Barrel. Um, I remember like posting Cracker about Barrel this on. Goth is the style I'm taking into the summer. We've got mannequin, hot mannequin summer, and we've got Cracker Barrel goth. Those are the fashions I'll be stunting this summer. Yeah, you'll be sitting in the you'll be sitting in a rocking chair out front of Cracker Barrel, wearing all black and sweating, <laughs> sweating, sweating profusely, eating rock candy. <laughs> uh, I tweeted. I, I remember like I posted about this on social media this scene, and then, like somebody d like uh yeah a guy I know DM me was just like he was like yeah. This movie was awesome until this part. And I was just like, I had the... You got it backwards, my friend. You got it backwards, my dude. What? This movie was terrible until this part. I remember you told me that. I remember you told me that after I saw it. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy on? That makes no sense. Yeah, it was... He was like, yeah, I was totally on board. Even if you don't like, uh, like, horror movies or fight sequences at all, I mean, you have to look at that and have some sort of respect for it, right? I mean, it's so well done. I'm like, if it's not your jam, I get it. But then to say... That's laughable to say the rest of the movie was so great, and then the final fight scene was not. I'm like, what? The 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 reveal that Gabriel is in the back of her head, and then the fight scene in the prison cell, followed by the fight scene in the police station, yeah. and then it's just the last 20 minutes of this movie are just top tier. Top, They're amazing. Yeah, up until the is it hospitals where they are next. Well, yeah, then they go to the hospital because Gabriel wants to kill Sydney and wants to kill his mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In which you don't know Gabriel showing up until like the lights start flickering, flickering, and the security guard he's talking to Sydney. He was like, "You can't be here. You can't be here," because Sydney's trying to check in on the biological mom. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the security guard starts clutching his chest. Pacemaker. Oh, this is so cool. (laughs) And then Gabriel makes his pacemaker explode. What the hell? What a great use of the radio, like, tech interference. What a, uh, again, creative. I, I gotta it's, applaud the creativity there. Uh, so good. And then, I, I, I knew the pacemaker was going off. I forgot it exploded. And I watched it this yeah. time and I was just like, oh. Yeah, so good. What? And then, uh, what happens? And then he go. yeah, they go into the hospital room and, like, Gabriel's trying to kill Sydney. And then he says, I should have killed you before you were born. And it, does he have a gun? Is that what it is? Right? I just wrote down mother's love, not guns. Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, <laughs> mother's love, not guns. That's a bumper sticker I'm going to buy after this movie. Yeah. Put that on my car. Honestly, but, that would solve a lot of issues. Mother's love. But, yeah, he gets. Uh, he gets. 
because Shaw shows up and tries to stop him, but he throws his knife at Shaw, and Shaw drops the drops his gun, and then Gabriel's going to shoot Sydney, and, and, and then the mom. And, and the mom, and it's revealed that like he's going like, to make the mom watch him kill Sydney, which is like real messed up. It kind of, it doesn't make sense though because that's not her daughter. Well, I think he's like I'm going to make you watch basically like the b- b- the way the. Any mother who gave up a daughter and then they end up living this, like, horrible life, I think he's just like, I'm going to make you watch what you giving me up has done to these people. You know, he's just, uh-huh. he's trying to guilt her for, again, her decision to give up the baby. And, yeah, I got um, you. So I, for me, at least watching it, I was like, that was still very, like, still would be very traumatic because uh, you get the, you get this, there's something extremely fucked up about what, Watching the pain of that Madison will have to go through watching her sister die as the mom who gave up Madison. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting into it. We're getting smart again. Getting smart. Can getting you feel smart me? Again. Getting smart again. So this is when, yeah, and Sydney starts yelling at Madison inside of Gabriel's brain. Mm-hmm. Yelling at her like, yeah, Gabriel was causing the miscarriages. He was feeding out the fetuses to build himself Ooh. back. Ooh. And, th- and that just, that gives her the strength she needs. And this part's cool because we see Gabriel kill Sydney, mm-hmm. And then he goes to kill his mother. Which, yeah. And then all of a sudden, as he's about to do it, the, the walls start melting. Down. And I and forgot. guess what? I forgot this part, watching it the second time. So great. And it was Madison locking him up mm-hmm. in a mine prison. Mm-hmm. She tricked him this time into believing he did kill the sister when he did not. Yeah. He did and not. And then this, so this is when she says, I'm taking it back. My mind, mind my body, body oh. everything. Girl, girl, girl. Oh, yes. This is, it's, it's just so ten good. 10 out of 10 yeses. Real sweet and onion. Then, Real sweet onion we got here. Yeah, and this is when... 20 out of 20 onions. Listen, movie sweet, it's got layers. It's a sweet onion, baby. <laughs> yeah, I read that 100% on sweet onions. It's great on a steak. It's great on a burger. It's great on its own. Sweet onion. <laughs> sweet onion. <laughs> We're making an ad campaign for sweet onion right now. That's our, that's our only sponsor so far is Vidalia Onions. This episode is sponsored by Vidalia Sweet Onions. onions. The uh, the uh, onions uh, that that are surprising <laughs> when you put them in your mouth. <laughs> Sarah, we got to rethink that slogan. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, slogan. that was that was like one of those. I don't think they're. I, think, I don't think I mean, that's going to fly in the pitch meeting. That's like one of those really inappropriate ads from the sixties. Like it's got like a pinup woman advertising something that's not sexy, like an onion, and be like the you know. But it's like winking at you, like the surprising taste when you put it in your mouth. And it's like, why does this exist? Good God! Why is this onion ad making me horny? <laughs> that should not happen. <laughs> Can't walk down the damn produce aisle. <laughs> I'm crying with a boner. Why is this happening? Uh, I'm just chopping up onions. Crying with a boner. That's another country song. <laughs> what I'm... <laughs> uh. All these songs will be available on our CD that is available in Cracker Barrel. It's, it's located right uh. next to the rock candy and all the all the weird sodas. Uh. Uh, all the, uh, <laughs> what, Jones? Jones sodas? 
You know, we got the Jones sodas. We got we got Cherry Dr. Wine. Thunder. Che- yeah, cheer wine. Oh, our cheer wine. Yeah. Uh, and at this oh. part of the movie, this is when um, Madison retakes over her body, throws that warp tour coat off, and then it's pretty cool because like. You know, Gabriel threw that hospital bed at Sydney, and then she, Madison's trying to move it. And then Sydney's like, Gabriel used your body to move this. Why can't He's you do got it? the strength. Oh, beautiful. And then, and then Madison's like, all right, I guess. And then she picks up the hospital bed. She gets real tired afterwards, but she still did it. And then she, you know, embraces Sydney, and they talk about, Again. you know, you're my sister. Oh, so and sweet. I love you and all that all stuff. That, and that. as as the biological mother just looks on like, oh, this is cool. And she knows she's she can have confidence that she doesn't have to feel ashamed for her decision anymore. That everything turned out all right. Yeah. And as they're embraced, we get like a we get like a we get like a you know a wide shot and the camera pans back and we see a little lamp mm. and all of a sudden the lamp makes a little buzzing sound and then it cuts to credits. I just I, the final thing I wrote was chosen family wins love. Which, who would write that at the end of a scary movie? But I did. I did. Beautiful. Beautiful. Weird. Disgusting. Fun. Malignant. This movie kicks ass. It does. It kicks. It kicks ass. It does. Anyway, so if you listen to this episode. Two hour episode. Without li- without watching the movie, I just gotta say, you're missing out. You fucked up. You're missing out, Gabriel. You missed it. Gabriel's gonna come to a Cracker Barrel near you and get you. <laughs> gonna get you. Coming soon to a Cracker Barrel near you, Mola. <laughs> Gabriel, Gabriel, the malignant one. He's here. He's singing country songs. He's eating rock candy. <laughs> He's playing a tiny guitar with his T-Rex arms and eating all the baked apples he can get. (laughs) So gross. Stupid. Uh, (sighs) All right. That was dumb. Well, any final thoughts on Malignant before we end this episode, Sarah Jane? What else is there to say? It's, It's... It's best viewed with a margarita. That's all I got to say. I'm trying to place it in my mind, but it's got to be in the top, I think, five horror, horror movies. Horror think Like, favorite? I wow. think so. Because I'm thinking there's my favorite classics. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have a different category for classics versus newer horror films because the only other recent ones, I think that's going to go to Hereditary, Midsummer, um, and Malignant. So they're in the like in the modern your modern horror canon. Yeah, yeah, my modern horror canon. I'm trying to think of top five for modern horror. There have got to be a couple more, but probably the um, the Conjuring is one of my all time favorites, as well as uh, I- Emily Rose is not that recent, but the Exorcism of Emily Rose is another one that I really like. There's got to be more current ones that I like, though. I think I feel like there's a biggie I'm missing, but either way, yeah, top five, top five recent horror films oh i'm I, i'm yeah. forgetting about uh get out yeah get out's in there that's i think that was the one i was missing any uh, let's not let's not make this any longer i'm, I'm yeah, not i'm we, not gonna stay on this podcast and make you hear me think out loud good god yeah anyway this was a this is a full episode longest yet so you asked for yeah. more and we gave it to you. who asked for more not me 
I did. <laughs> As, All right. I, well, I listened to I, I listened was... to the podcast while I work out, like Kanye, and I was like, I need more me. I listen to my own shit while I work out, it, uh, <laughs> like he does. I need more me. Sarah Jean's this, pumping this, iron this, while this, listening this to herself. This slaps, but you know what? It could use more of myself. I'm gonna get these gains while listening to myself do some horror podcasting. Just staring in the mirror the whole time. Good lord. Alright, well I think we're gonna that's gonna do it for this episode. Alright. Um hope you enjoyed it. You know. Subscribe to us on, you know, your favorite podcatcher. We don't don't have a Patreon. Stupid. But if you if you think you would pay us money, uh, let us know and we'll start a Patreon. Please God, I need money so bad, y'all. We're so broke. So let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up yep. and then come back in two weeks in which we're going to reveal what our next title will be. So, uh, it's time to cut out the podcast. See I don't know. That's a play on time to cut out the cancer. Uh, Sarah, real quick before we go, can we do a we'll, uh, real quick where is my mind little yeah. music sting? Um, are we harmonizing or are we doing it together or just... No, it's just going to be you because okay. I don't know the song as well as you do. Alright, that's it. <laughs>